second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 106. We are coming at you once again from the haunted garage in an undisclosed location known to nobody but myself and Ron from the vast, vast, misty hills, wildlife forests, streams, lakes, rivers, meadows, and coastal lines. Tonight, in studio, we are joined once again, hopefully for the last time ever, you know her as the grand drug enthusiast. Also, as the wannabe witch. But we here at the Wicked Planet know her best as the demon from hell. <laughs> I feel like I always have to explain myself. I am not a drug enthusiast. I only smoke a little bit of marijuana and drink a little bit of ayahuasca. That's it, folks. Are you done? Mm -hmm. But before we get to all of that, <laughs> let me interject. <laughs> you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the Grumpy Blumpkin. <laughs> Some as Slick Dick Willie. <laughs> but his friends and family know him best as the great flapping, fapping wildebeest of the North. Ron, what's going on? <laughs> oh, nothing's going on. I just want to, Kristen, you don't have to defend yourself. I do. Kristen, you do do drugs and you are a demon from hell. These are facts. We all know it. Why are you hiding from it? I've known it ever since she was in your mama's, just like Bobby Boucher would say, I would I couldn't help my daddy because I was inside my mama's tummy. Yeah, I we all know you cut your way out of the tummy with your horns. You were like Yes. That part is true. And so when you came out you're like yeah. So what happened was she was partially breech. I remember this like it was yesterday. She was partly breech because <laughs> one of her horns was sticking oh. out of her poor mother's right by your mom's belly button. Oh god. And I'm like the horn's coming out. The horn's coming out. The doctor had to reach up. And, and he, he screamed in agony. And he came out with his hand missing and blood well, he had shooting a, out. Well, he had, a big, ah! he had a big bite mark right on his wrist. Yeah. But he was able to grab her by her horn. He just 
and pulled her out. Oh, yeah, it was freaking brutal. You should have seen it. She came out with a pitchfork, too, like a little one. Yeah. She stabbed one of the nurse's eyes out. I heard about it. Yeah. It did, well, did you hear? They went to go cut the umbilical cord. And I'm like, stop, stop. Why? That's not her umbilical cord. That's a direct rope to hell that she climbed out of the hole from. I said, that's her tail. Oh. Don't cut her tail off. But you did get it off. Uh, I want to say about a week later, they took your tail off. I also see you don't have the horns anymore, right? So that's good. Or is that? Or is it like, did you slick those horns back? No, after she got her first vaccinations, they fell off. Is that a wig? Are you wearing a wig? <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> All right, everybody, listen. We want, we want to welcome our own little Miss Kristen back in the studio. It's nice to see you, honey. Thank you, thank you. Heard I've been getting some fan mail. I haven't seen it with my own eyes, but I guess everyone's been crying to have me back. I'd like to uh, call out the one who said he had skulls for me and never never brought forth those that's, skulls. Who was that's that? not true. What was that guy's Where name? Where are the skulls? I haven't They're seen here. Them. Where? They're Did here. I, was that the one? The guy who got the tattoo of like Kristen's name? With a little yeah. heart on his arm. Yeah, he, when she wasn't looking, he had taken a cell phone picture of her, and he, what, he got a tattoo actually right over his heart. Oh, it was his wow. heart? Yeah. So you no, got the, some fans. The skulls are here. Yeah, you want some skulls? Yeah. All right, well, Can't I don't wait know. To see him. Ron, where are they? They're in the truck. What type of the truck? What type of skulls are they? Uh, They're all bull skulls, ain't they? Bull? I don't know. I haven't seen them. Yeah, I didn't bull. hear about them. Okay, so when we finish up, if it's still light out, Oh, we're getting them. I don't we'll care go if it's light or dark. And you're going to put them in the trunk of your new car because Kristen has a new car because a few weeks ago she texted me. I, well, actually, I saw pictures and then I texted her because obviously I was concerned. You wiped out your old Lexus. First of all. Wiped it right out. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you offended me, Kristen. Why? Because I messaged you. And you just blew me off. Like, like you had better things to do, like, right after your car accident. Than, <laughs> I didn't mean than to, respond man. me. You were in the hospital or something, like, uh, healing, and you couldn't respond to a DM? Like, no. what is that? Right? That's, I don't know. I, got, I did get insanity. a lot of DMs, surprisingly. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a bizarre accident, uh, and it was in a, during that really, our last really bad storm, right? Tell us a little bit about that, because you said some kind of some weird things happened, and you're not quite sure how it happened. And then you woke up outside of your car and nobody was there. So that's kind of interesting. So I've got a little bit of amnesia. There's still a lot that I don't remember and I'm still having like a lot of weird dreams about it. But um, yeah, it was dark. It was during that snowstorm. And the last thing I like really remember was seeing lights. And then I remember like, I remember like I hit a lot of trees, not at once either. So I hit apparently the first hit was on the left side driver's side of the car and it ripped the door handles right off the hinges all the way down the side of my car like front and back and it somewhere along the lines it broke the driver's side window and I remember hearing like I remember feeling one bang and it was like my eyes were shut but I could feel like all the thrashing around and then from there I basically just like woke up outside my car with um like a not like a tree but like a log on my chest and I couldn't like lift it I kept trying to like lift it and I couldn't get it up so I just kind of like used the like I kind of like pushed against it and slid out from underneath it and I didn't have a jacket on I was soaked I don't know how long I was out there I don't think I was out there that long for a total I was out there for like an hour was there a lot of blood surprisingly like I don't I don't like you didn't bleed I didn't see any blood there was a little bit of blood on my ankles. I still actually have scabs and bruises 
and it's almost been a month now. But, yeah, no blood, really, but sprained ankles, uh, chest wall contusions. I had a bunch of glass in my hair and in my ear, and um, what else happened? Concussion, yep. (laughs) Yeah, the rear window. Didn't you have uh, maybe a theory that you went out the rear window? Was you wearing a seatbelt? I was not wearing a (gasps) seatbelt. Live Um, or die, baby. It's weird because, like, I didn't know how to do anything. I was in complete, like, shock survival mode that all I could think was, like, I need to call my mom. All I could think was mom. And I, like, tried to call her a couple times, and I kept getting the numbers wrong. I kept, like, mixing up the numbers. And then I finally got her, and I was like, Mom, I don't know where I am. I'm in the woods. I'm cold. I don't know where my car is. I don't know where the road is because, like, I couldn't see anything. And This is nighttime, right? Yeah, and she's just, like, screaming, like, where are you? Where are you? Tell me where the fuck you are. And I was like, I don't know where I am. Stop, like, screaming at me because I thought I was dying. (laughs) Like, I thought I was about to die, and I just wanted someone to come get me. And so she had my sister find my location, and then my sister... I could hear her, like, well, before my sister got there, I did see truck lights driving by a couple times, or vehicle lights driving by a couple times. So you were that far off the road? Definitely in some trees. Yeah. Couldn't actually see the road, like, where mm-hmm. you were coming from? And you don't it. remember leading up to that? Like, where you, where were you headed? You were going somewhere? I was or? going home. Yeah. I was driving home from my parents. Well, my, and from Newport. Yeah. Huh. And you're and you're not afraid to drive in the snow. Not that I remember. I always no. thought I always knew that that I'm didn't a good bother driver. you. I'm a good tactical driver. I'm a good like race car driver. I'm good like safe driver. Everything. A race car driver. I can, yeah. You don't drive race cars. I could race. Yeah. I don't that was you. my first dream job. Well, my second real first dream job when I had a little bit of brains. Well, actually, weren't you modeling for that company that was promoting, like, these drift car races? Was that drift car, or what was that? Yeah, I did, like, a hot import night, so we got That's hired it, for yeah. one of those, but I did a lot of car shows, too. Yeah. Car shows, like, were you the girl that, like, stood on the spinning thing? No. And, like, pointed God, at the no. car and was like... Mm-mm. Not ah, a chance. Ah. No, she was the girl with the really short shorts and the high heels. Yeah. They weren't that short. My butt wasn't hanging out at all. They were too short, the in, cheek my, hangers, in my opinion. Well, Ron, I've seen the women that you look at online. Okay, but this is... This, and they're not even wearing short shorts. But they're not is, even wearing pants. But Hell, they're not even wearing shirts. They were short shirts. for me, but they weren't so, like... So that's Ron. okay for those girls, but not okay for Kristen. Yeah, Kristen's respectable women online. They're just sex objects. Right, Ron? Right. Well, this kid's part, of my, you? This kid's part of my family, basically. So, I'm like yeah. the unofficial bloodline. <laughs> unofficial bloodline anyways i was actually very proud of you when you were doing that because you were happy then i was trying to break out of my <laughs> shell and see what everybody else saw yeah. what do you mean I, she was happy then i was like you She's know sort of she was now. just in a, she was in a good place uh mentally let's just say that yeah okay yeah. interesting yeah yeah you're right it probably was well i know i mean it's not a secret i mean you've dealt with a lot of depression in your life and stuff like that and i know that so i mean i was happy for you because you were doing well then Ron. What? Have you ever been depressed? Let's get real now. I think, don't we all get depressed to some degree? I mean, like, like not like down, not blue, not sad. Like, like a clinically... Like de- every day you wake up and you're kind of like... Oh, no. Fuck. I inherited a sad soul. Uh, yeah. Like, my soul came here sad and then it was just like shoved into this demon body. And now I'm like, what do we do? <laughs> We're just going to disassociate every other day. Yeah, disassociating is uh, is real fun. 
It gets weird because it's like there's like it's not like I don't hear voices in my head or anything like that, but there's my like there's my physical body and then there's my soul and then there's like my subconscious or my conscious really and they all kind of fight. My body starts not feeling good and then my mind is like, Oh no, what are we gonna do? Well, actually, no, it's my body starts freak, like my body starts feeling unwell. And then my soul is like, what are we going to do when the body dies? Where are we going to live? What are we going to do? And then my mind is like, chill out. Everyone just relax. We're all like together as one right now. Everyone just relax. I think you should start cage fighting. Yeah, I've, I, I, I honestly have always wanted to do MMA, but I don't have the coordination. And yeah, I you, like my you teeth. learn the coordination. Uh, do you saw me toss you that thing? That was an atrocious toss. When you weren't in the room, Ron, I asked her to uh, to throw to give me this bottle Because he opener. was too lazy to stand up. First of all, it was a foot in front of you. This <laughs> table's like eight feet long. But he wanted me anyway, to throw it across where there's stings. She tossed it to me underhand, and it like hit this wall like up here, <laughs> and then like went over there. Atrocious. Mm-hmm. Are you guys done fighting? Hopefully. Probably not. All right. So, Kristen, uh, I remember you had sent me some pictures and your legs were beat to death. Yeah. I've never seen that many black and blues. And that must have been from coming up and hitting the steering wheel because you weren't wearing a seatbelt. They were like all over. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They were like down from like your thigh to like your. Oh, they were further up too. I didn't take a picture. Yeah. They were like further up my whole butt, everything. Yeah. Well, I'm very happy that you basically walked away from that because that could have been. I mean, when I saw the car, the pictures of the car, I'm like, oh, my God. Tore up. Yeah, maybe that I can. That sucks because that was a nice car. I know. I miss it so much. It was yeah. a really nice car. But you got yourself a newer Lexus. Yeah. Same model and everything. But it's just, I don't know. I just miss the old one. I'm a, I don't like change. And you I, know what it is? I, if, it, if you're like me, like, I drive the same car for years. Yeah. And then I drive it until it basically just doesn't want to drive anymore. It's to the point where I don't want to put that kind of money into it. Mm-hmm. Then it goes out in the junkyard and I get something else. That's what I do. And you get into, it's like, it's like getting into a comfy chair. Like, like I always call it, you have to move into your new car. And it's like moving into a new apartment or a house or whatever. It's just different, right? Like you got to get it's used to it. It's a new space. Yeah. It's alien. Yeah. It's what I call alien to you. So you got to get used to it. So, but it takes, you know, probably a few weeks and then you start, Hey, this is kind of cool. I like this. So you're in that period now, and you, you'll get used to it, and then you won't even think about your other car. Like it's I don't like, even I don't even think about my Cadillac like at all, and I loved that car. You know how when you get a new car and like it's all clean and shit, and like for your first like week or two, you're like, oh, I'm gonna keep it nice and clean. It looks yeah. so good. And like a month later, there's just like fucking trash and dirt everywhere. You're like, oh fuck. Well, that didn't last very long. Okay, see this Hyundai that we're working on down here that hopefully will be done this. That week? thing looks pretty nice. My Hyundai. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is a 2022 Hyundai. They call it an Elantra N-Line, so it's not a regular Elantra. It's like a performance car, and I mean oh, it's... Oh, with the fucking fin on the back. Yeah, so, so that's turbo and all that. Yeah. And when you sit in the cockpit, it's just like a freaking spaceship, right? Some rich person, probably. No, it's just some kid that can't afford to have it, and he's already wrecked it once. And had the hell of a time getting pots for it. I mean, it's been tore apart now for... Well, it's going back together now, but I mean... Uh, it's been in the shop for probably two, three weeks. Taking up space. Probably three weeks. Well, yeah. I think I've seen it in down there for three weeks. Yeah, it's about three weeks, and hopefully it'll be finished up. And that was a $14,000 repair. Wow. 
Well, you had some. You were telling me about that estimate. You had like the wrong parts, basically. Well, I didn't have the wrong. Well, parts. you didn't. You're yeah. a professional. You never do anything wrong. Well, no, the insurance appraiser had the wrong parts because he was lazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, there is no database for the parts for this car, so you have to go into your estimating software. And you have to back it up a year. And once you back it up a year, you can find everything. Well, he didn't want to take the time to do that. That's fine. I Lazy. I did his job for him. <laughs> do your job. But uh, but anyways, but yeah, I got a ton of money out of my pocket on that, uh, out on parts on that thing. So when are we like, going to the strip club, Ron? Uh, I don't, you know, I have no desire to do that. Bullshit. I don't. I don't believe you. It's dirty. Sorry if you're a stripper, you're not dirty. The idea what do you think about, as a woman... Kristen, what do you think about strip clubs? I think good for people like that have confidence to get up there and show off their body like that. Like that's awesome. But I also kind of feel like I don't know. I I'm, you feel like they're exploiting themselves. Yeah, I just don't like it. And then like I know that you're supposed to be cool with like your significant other, like living their life and everything. But if I was dating somebody and like that was what they wanted to do with their time was like go look at women dancing, it's like. I don't know. I just, it, it wouldn't be for me. Like, I wouldn't be jealous, but I would just be, like, kind of disgusted by it. Anyway. Yeah, so that's tough. <laughs> You've never been to a strip club? I have not, no. I have not. Only in GTA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do have strip clubs. So maybe they're different in real life. See, because I've, I've always, I mean, I don't, I'm not one to tell anyone what to do, but I've always thought they were kind of dirty and <clears throat> trashy. I have been to two in my entire life. One, I got kicked out immediately. <laughs> The second one, uh, I was actually with my girlfriend, so. Why'd you get kicked out? The first one? Yeah. Because I was trying to upload an Instagram story, and I guess they don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyway, that could be. And they tried to, they tried, the security was like, you got to leave. We need to take your phone. And I was like, you can have my phone if you can get it from me. And they were like, oh. What I was saying anyway was that I think they're kind of trashy, kind of dirty, this whole like, I feel like, I feel like women should be pursuing other things. In my opinion, yeah, I guess I do see. I I guess I get the market for it, but I also it's like that. I don't know. There's something about women taking their clothes off, like in a public setting or uh, a professional setting, where it's like, it's. I feel like you're kind of just giving away some sort of like divine femininity yeah. that you have. And it's like, well, why? Right. For money? For attention? Both. It's I prob- don't know. It's probably mostly for the money. Probably. Uh, I, I mean, I get, I understand why. Now, now, I have been to many strip joints. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> and uh, well, I went to my first one when I was probably 13. And I've been to. 13? Yeah. And I've been the to. Fuck? I've been to some pretty shady ones. And I've been to some really, really. Highlined strip clubs. What's the big difference? How oh, the big difference is those ones the strippers actually pay the house for the right to strip there. Sounds like a scam. So they have to pay like a fee. They okay. pay the club to dance there. A membership, sort of. Yeah, the dancers. Yes. Instead of the club paying them, they pay the club because they know that a higher clientele go to this club. Right. And they are going to make super super bank while they're there. Now you're talking; these girls make three four thousand dollars a night. Yeah, so you can understand why they do this. So that's pretty fucking. 
That's so, pretty good uh, money. I've went to, uh, and actually, the best, fanciest, most swankiest strip joint I ever went to was actually in Atlanta. Mm. And I've been to a lot of, uh, you know, different grade ones in Montreal, because that's where all the kids went, you know, because you could drink when you were 18 in Montreal. <clears throat> and there was low-level clubs, and then there was really nice clubs. And uh, and we went to a bunch of different ones there, but none of the those all, like, paled in comparison to that one in Atlanta. Like, the one in Atlanta, they almost weren't going to let us in. And, I mean, we were dressed up. Hmm. And they weren't going to let us in because they, they didn't feel as though that we were the clientele to go there. Yeah, they did let us in. I mean, they did finally let us in. Uh, we were in uh, school. We were in paint school. And in uh, the company that was putting the school on as an international conglomerate and one of the big wigs, you know, not, you know, upper big wigs, but Van one of the, like, painting one of the, uh, like, local managers or whatever said, hey, these guys are all guests here in Atlanta. They're going to school. They're doing this and that. I told them I would take them out for a good time. I'm a member here. What can we do? And the guy was like, oh, all right, you're all set. Come on. <laughs> and let us all in. So, so that was really interesting. Dude, I so we had this girl. Uh, there was this girl from high school that I knew, who uh, she dated a few different. <laughs> she dated some of my friends, and she became a stripper. She was like this girl that moved away, uh, I think to like Florida or something. But whatever. After high school, she came back to one of our parties, and she was like, "I was talking to her, blah blah blah." She's like, "Yeah, I'll make like twelve grand in a weekend." I'm like, "What? Holy shit! Yeah, I wonder why you're a fucking stripper." She did later become like a porn star, and that was kind of weird. But anyway, that's about all I have on that. Well, that some sometimes not always. Sometimes that can be the progression. Well, I, I mean, to get into that, apparently, I heard some stuff later down the line that she was like, she had to go to, she like moved back here, and she had to go to like a bunch of fucking like therapy and substance stuff and like addiction stuff, and I, I don't know. I think she is got, it, well, is she it got. The, I think she's kind of like got kind of fucked up. Isn't that kind of the M.O., though? And I'm not saying they all do this, but I do know that this is something that they do do, is they get these, you know, strippers, these young girls, you know, in their prime, and then, you know, they're like, well, we could make a lot of money with her if we could get her to do porn. So then they start, oh, man, oh, yo, you got to work another shift. Oh, I can't. I'm tired. Oh, here, take this. Right. And next, next thing you know, uh, yeah. they've, they've got them jacked up on drugs all the time. Yeah. And then they take advantage of that. It is what it is. But, but let me ask you something while we're on this subject, and I don't know how we got on this subject, but how was that any different than when COVID hit and then there was the explosion of OnlyFans models? Now, I'm talking soccer moms, hockey moms, nurses. That because they were like, okay, well, you can only work so many days a week because, of, you know, the social distancing and all this other bullshit. And, it, and then they discovered, like, one of their girlfriends said, oh, I go on this site called OnlyFans, and, and people, you know, and I'll do dances. And then, of course, I, I've now, for full disclosure, I have never been on OnlyFans. I've never paid to be on OnlyFans or anything. But I have followed some girls that had OnlyFans accounts because I was interested in getting them on the show, and you know, to talk about the OnlyFans phenomenon during COVID. And you probably yeah. remember that, Buckley, when we were kind of reaching out and trying to get a few of them to come on the show. And one of them was a nurse. Like, I don't know what kind of nurse. She just was a nurse. Excuse me. She was married, had three kids. Good-looking girl. And one of her friends was telling her about her OnlyFans. So she wanted to say, oh, we'll come in on my OnlyFans together. And that's how it started. And she told me that she made more money 
over the course of a weekend through OnlyFans. And she was still working as a nurse, so That's she was doing... Fucked up. She was doing OnlyFans and... Still doing her regular job. I mean, job. good for her, but I just think that's fucked up. Nursing, there's, hey, there's nursing, some people out there. Nur- pay the nursing, for a lot of stuff. the medicine profession is pretty serious business. And, like, if you're a nurse, you got to know some shit, like, medically, and you have to be put in some situations that are pretty fucked up. And it's like, well, wh- why is a nurse not making enough to live, like, comfortably and, they, and having to resort to, like, OnlyFans stuff? Do you know what I mean? You know, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a little bit of the extrovert in some people that maybe once they get on that, you know, they think they're safe because they're not technically in a room full of men that right. are actually just in front of a camera. And yeah. it literally could be a thousand guys out there watching them, but they don't know that, right? I mean, it's just it's just a weird... I called it the COVID only fans phenomenon, right? Let's look at all the things, how life has changed since the beginning of COVID to now. Look at, look at how things have changed just in the last three years. Look at, look at where we are, right? So, I mean... Yeah, everything's you, basically fucked. I mean, you see these chicks on TikTok or on Instagram, and they're just regular moms. And, I mean, and they're not... I mean, they're built how I like them, but, I mean, they're not... Uh, they got the mom bod, as they say, uh, which to me is perfectly awesome. But they're not like what you would imagine, like when you see a you know top tier porn star or you know stripper or whatever that's just spends so much money on their body and their makeup and their hair and all this. These are just regular chicks doing it and they're pulling it off, which just goes to prove it's a reflection on the times, maybe. Well, the culture. Well, I think it goes to prove one fact that regular dudes would rather look at regular chicks well i think because regular chicks in a man's psyche are more approachable does that make sense yeah but i think i think too it's like it's obviously a reflection of society in some way or culture because it's like well these these women are making shit ton of money not nursing doing whatever on OnlyFans or or you know what i mean so it's like in a way it's like society is it's seeming like that's what they're valuing more almost then that might not be a hundred percent articulated correctly, but you know, well, what, I'm you know what it does. What? It makes people like me think there's something completely wrong with me because I'm shy just on my voice being on a podcast. And the next biggest thing I do is I stream sometimes playing video games on Twitch and I'm shy there too. And it's like, I feel like all these overly sexualized women just throwing themselves out there. And now like, what do men expect from me? They expect to like you to have sex if you go out yeah. to dinner. It's like that's, uh, that's nobody because like, I think I think like as as a like a, a society like there's a, a new standard being set for women, and I think we've talked about this in the past. It's like this whole kind of like I don't want like slut culture. I don't know if that's the correct word or it's PC enough for all you fuckers out there listening, but. Like, it's, like, advocating for women to be, like, more slutty and more kind of loose and, like, uh, carefree and, and obviously Instagram. It's, like, everyone's a fucking Instagram model, it seems like. Right. Or, like, out there showing off their bodies or there's, like, OnlyFans or there's, like, these crazy lives on TikTok and other apps and stuff. Oh, Twitter. There's, like, full-blown porn there's on full, Twitter. Yeah, so I think, like, and I think what she what Kristen brought up, it's, like, well, she, she's, like, well, what are, what are people expecting of me? So it's, I think, like, as a society, society if women and, and more women keep on like i am just chopped liver if more yeah if more women keep on uh like you know pursuing this outlet 
and it keeps growing, it sets a standard across the board for women. And what do you think young women, when they see all these other women getting into OnlyFans and, you know, putting up, like, all these, like, salacious pictures of themselves? It's like that becomes a new standard. That becomes a new norm. And then slowly but surely, like, that's what younger women start idolizing. And they think, well, that's what I have to do. And then it's like, well, you know, so-and-so is getting all these likes. She's getting all these attention. She's getting money. And everyone needs fucking money. So it's one of the most important driving factors in society. So all these younger people see that going on. It's like, well, Hey, all I have to do is show my, my butt, my, I got to put up these slutty pictures. Mm -hmm. So then that's how you transition. Like, you know, into this whole, I feel like movement of culture. That's like not particularly healthy, maybe. Yeah. You know, and that was kind of my point. And this is something we've been talking about a lot on the show was how, Families need to really get back to the core core uh, family values, right? But I think what what it is is like young girls will go on Instagram or Twitter or whatever TikTok, and they see these girls do it. And what are these girls always doing? You always see them. Oh, I got my Gucci bag, or I got this, or I got that, or I got a sugar daddy, or I got, you know, I I, I did OnlyFans. Now I have a Ferrari. So we don't know if any of that is true. So then you have all these other girls go, oh, she got herself a crazy, a crazy uh, Ferrari. I want, a, I want right. myself a Mercedes. Right. And then, and, then, and then that's what they do. And then all their friends see that. Then they want to emulate them. So then it becomes this whole fucking contagion of women, right. like, trading their morals. Now, I'm not trying to be moral because I've lived a crazy life, but I've gotten a lot better. <laughs> and... Uh, they want to trade all that for instant gratification of somebody, the thought that, oh, look at me. I've got tens of thousands of followers that will pay me, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that works good for now. But what does that make you as a person? Right. Right? So, so you know, now you just see what you just traded off, right? Because down the road, you might meet some guy that doesn't know that you were into all that stuff. Right. And he might be a really cool guy, hardworking guy, good family guy, you know, somebody that wants to have a family. And then he discovers, like, you know, like you're a year in. He brings you to, to meet his friends, and they're all like, we've seen her naked online. Oh, yeah. And we've they pull seen, up all the pictures, and it's like, oh, cool. That guy is going to drop you quicker than shit. So what's going to happen is all those years that you were waiting for the bigger, better deal from another man that's going to pay you more money and pay your rent and buy you this and buy you that and pay your hairdresser and pay your nails and pay for your pedicures. <laughs> when you I'm fucking just asking for skulls, dude, where there's men when that you, do that. When you get, when you get yeah, older, you are, are, you are going to discover that you wasted your younger part of your prime years on chasing after those Imagine. little green pieces of paper that ultimately or nothing don't mean a thing it's a means to an end and i think a lot of a lot of people are saying that like sex can be a viable option for making money but that's only if you value money over most things and you know it's kind of i don't want to say it's easy but you know it's not that hard to take like some nude pictures or some some naked videos or some sexual videos of yourself and put them online that's not hard so it's like when I say a reflection of the society, it's like, well, society needs to be reflected on things that actually matter. And what matters ultimately is not just fucking money 
as a means to an end, not just sex. It, you need to place the value on other things like pursuing challenging stuff or maybe education in whatever means that and whatever, whatever that could mean. It doesn't mean like going to college. It could be like, you know, doing your own thing, whatever, just placing value on things other than that, because it, in the, in the long run and, and in terms of everything, it's like, it's shallow. Do you know what I mean? Like doing sexual things to get money. I don't necessarily think, I mean, maybe it will make you feel better. Maybe it won't in the long run. Do you you know what I mean? Just having a shit ton of money probably does in the moment, but then like, it's not going to last forever, right? Eventually well, it's going to stop. If, well, you're not going to have money. And then you're like, you look back and you're like, oh, fuck. I was just a giant hoe bag online to get some money. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of like uh, when I was younger, I knew a lot of dealers, like high, pretty high level drug dealers. And you know what? They lived like there was no tomorrow. They would make a big score, and they and I swear they would blow all that money in one night showing off with their money, right? Yeah. It's like. Dude, you should take 70% of that. Invest in Bitcoin. Go buy some silver or go buy some gold or, or go buy go buy a car that's going to be worth money down the road. Not the stupid fucking car you bought because it has pretty paint. And and use that money. And what you should do actually is probably do put 50% away, put 30% away for your legal defense fund because you will need it. And take that other you know 20% and go party with it. It's free money. Go party. Go have fun. All right, Kristen. So, as a young woman, <gasps> wait, she's. I am not, still young. Don't even start because I'm already in a no, crisis about tra- it. I thought you were transitioning. I know to be a Jesus, man. Jesus, don't don't even. I thought you were going. Don't to even pick, put that energy. I, out there, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I thought you said earlier you were going this weekend to pick your penis out. <laughs> no, that's I not did true. No, I never said those. No, words. I'm pretty sure you, you said that. Don't please don't. Now in like some... Uh, okay. Uh, now, okay. All right, in all seriousness. All right. Now, <laughs> as a young woman that is very pretty, that works a regular job, you pay all your own bills, you do all this. It sucks. And <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so what Buckley said is it's not hard to take pictures of yourself and pl- uh, post them online. It is for me. It's, re- it's really hard to get up every day at five thirty, six o'clock, get ready, go to work, do a job you fucking hate. Yep. This is difficult. Only so you can make enough money to pay for the apartment that you woke up in. Right. To go drive the car that you had to have to get to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a vicious cycle, so I get it. And it's now you now you said you said earlier, oh, what am I, chop liver? Okay, so so tell us a little bit about that. I understand that you're currently single. Yeah. Okay. So uh and I probably should already know this, but I didn't. So what attributes or what traits do you look for in a man if a man was going to be no why are you right, line up guys you what? gotta be funny no hold on listen up out there hold kristen's on. single she's taking applications send her the wicked planet we're matchmaking now we're matchmaking what are your traits what how much money do you have share this episode with every male you know that meets these okay i'm being serious yeah. all right so in this day serious. and age after dealing what we've dealt with in the last three years, all the fakeness that's out in the world, and all these guys that are players, and I was a huge player back in the day, I admit it. You what pig. What do you look for and what is good attributes that you would look for before you even consider somebody that was good enough to date you? 
Well, it is quite a list, and I'd say... A list? You gotta be kind. You gotta be funny. You have to be, like, have compassion for animals, or just people in general. You gotta be nice to your mom and your sister and have a good relationship with the women in your life, I'd say. Um, Not an alcoholic. Not... Only violent if you absolutely need to be. I just hate people that are just like constantly angry and violent and just like threatening for no like that's we don't need that high level like really je- like really jealous yeah. people yeah um what else possessive people yeah basically the opposite of everything I've ever known I'd say is a good start and funny has to be you have to be really funny I'm not really funny but I just I need to laugh in my life so I think that somebody that's funny would compliment me well and actually like you know, lift me up to the level I need to be. Not that that's anyone's responsibility, but um, someone that takes care of themselves. You don't have to go to the gym every day, but at least, like, be aware that you're in a body and you're mortal. And, like, if you're going to love somebody and get love in return, you have to don't do a bunch be of around heroin. for that person so that you can spend a life together and actually, like, commit to that and take care of yourself. I mean, it would be nice if, if they were, you know, attractive as well. But I think, like, truly that somebody can be unattractive physically but then have all these great attractive qualities and, like, you don't even notice that they're unattractive physically anymore. Yeah, you know, sometimes looks don't even really come into the picture. In the beginning, there has to be a physical attraction because that's the first thing that attracts you to somebody. Right. Yeah. You're not You're not attracted to somebody because... They drive a cool car, or they have a cool truck, or they oh, have no. this. Now, I'm, let's let's just call it what it is. Like, like it has to be a physical attraction. Like, you need to see somebody and say, "Oh, wow, she's nice looking." Yeah, she just opened up her mouth and said a few things. Yeah, I'm all set. Right. See, see, <laughs> see, that's how it is with me. I had a, some beautiful girlfriends, and the first time they talked, I'm like, "Yeah, like, oh my god." All right, I, I gotta I'm, go. I'm gonna get through the weekend and get what I need, but after that, we're fucking done. You dog rot. Awful. You know, Absolutely awful. You know what, Ron? Kristen, you know this about me. I know Ron. this about men, actually. <laughs> so, when someone... Obviously, like, I haven't been like that for many, many years. For me, it's like when people uh, are super like into like material objects, or, like making money and shit. Like, that's like an automatic turnoff. Like, I'm like, ugh. So all you care about is like making money and like having like wicked nice shit and like... A media, I'm like, nope, no, thank you. Well, I mean, to I, have I somebody that's independent with ambition that's and has fine. certain accomplishments, well, that's that's kind of important. That's I not think. what I'm saying. I'm not saying ambition is an important. Goals aren't important. Like, obviously, everyone makes money, but there are these people, and I've met plenty of them. Oh, you mean like the look at me factor? Right. It's like, look yeah. at me. Mm-hmm. Like, I have all this money. I'm doing well, and I have like... And it's, it's not just like, well... Obviously, if you're making, like, good money, you're going to have, like, a decent car or whatever, right? You would think so. Yeah, but it's, like, more like, well, like, I have, like, oh, I, I got the newest thing, and I have, like, all this, like, flashy shit. And, well, it's like, different than, like, Stuff I don't need, do you know what I mean? It's it's one thing to have a nice car, and if it's your dream car, cool, but if you're, like, you're revving it, I'm revving your engine because you see a nice-looking girl, and you're, like, at the stoplight blasting your music, so everybody does have to look at you to see where the music's coming from, or those people that are sitting there vaping their freaking vape box and puffing huge clouds of smoke. Like, if you need that much attention, like... No. I think that's gay as shit. Anyways. Gay as shit. That's a <laughs> gay as a doctor. All right. So, so, <laughs> Chris, so Kristen, you are, again, currently single. We are taking applications at the Wicked Planet. <laughs> and uh, have you had com. Have you had any suitors recently? No. I have a lot of stuff that I have to work on, honestly. Like, 
it shouldn't be anyone else's responsibility to have to like cheer me up. You should just date a comedian, I think. Someone that likes adventures, that's another thing on my list. Like, going out and exploring and how it's, like, similar. Ooh, you gotta love Halloween. I would love a boyfriend that loves Halloween and scary movies. I've never had one of those before, but it is such a drag being the only horror movie lover because then you have to, like, force somebody to stay awake or, like, I just want somebody to be excited about scary movies and be like, yes, let's go. <laughs> or somebody you, to help me put bodies in my trunk of the animals. And Do you like, like, the uh, the old horror movies? I like them all, yeah, but the old ones are good. They're so, like... They're so campy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're so cheesy, but they're real good. Yeah, but they were really good. I remember when the first Friday the 13th came out. Right, that's Me and all my friends. It was only at the theater back then, right? So me and all of my friends, we'd all get together. And I mean, it was a whole gang. It was boys, girls. It'd be like 10 or 15 of us, and we'd always go to the movies and go watch all the Friday the 13th movies. And I remember, was it the third one that came out that was in 3D? I didn't even know they had a three. I mean, obviously, it was before they I was born, probably. Yeah, yeah, they had. I think it was uh, Friday the 13th, three or whatever. They had them. And, and it was 3D in the theater, and you had to wear the glasses. That was kind of cool. I can't believe they had so, that back yeah, then. You should check out this movie called The Puppet Masters. The Puppet Art. Oh, I've seen the series. And then also the Ghoulies. And, oh, ooh. And Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead is wicked good. I don't know. Is about- that based loosely on a true story? <laughs> Probably not. No, no, I thought it was. Uh, I don't think so, but I could be mistaken. Now there's a lot of Pumpkinhead movies. Um, the first one's like probably the best, but you should probably just watch them all because they're they're pretty good. What makes them good? Gore, just jump scare, horror, shit. Like no, they're like the old, they're like the old movies where they're like kind of cre- they're creepy, but you're not gonna like. You're not like, okay. You're not like, oh my god! But that would be cool to have somebody that has. And now I've always found that in relationships, it's always best to have a partner that's not exactly like you, right? Like you want to have somebody that's a little different. Like not, it doesn't have to be 180 degrees opposite, but you know, somebody that does a you know some little things so so they can go off and do something with their friends and actually give you a little time off from them. Mm-hmm. I know that's pretty important to me. I actually really like that. But say uh, as a young woman, and we don't have to say age, but you're in your early 30s now, right? I am 32. Yeah, So, but you still look like you're 25, kids, so don't get all depressed. I was going to guess 41. So, so uh, <laughs> how do, what do you feel... I see out there, like, when my wife and I, we go out with our friends, our other couples, and we go out, and I always like to observe people. I like to watch, because it's usually younger crowds, right? I like to observe them, and I'm, I try to think, you know, as a guy and a girl, it's good. Oh, yeah, they're on their first date. You can pick it out, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think to myself, you know, the one thing, I am so freaking glad that I don't have to relive that, right? Dating? Because, yeah, because I wouldn't want to have to be in the dating market now, the way that society has changed so drastically, yeah, and not just the last three years, but say in the last ten years. But you, as a single young woman, are you does it does the dating market or the pool of guys that are available? It's very is that small. scary for you? I it mean, it is scary. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Like I feel like there's just a lot of brain dead men out there. Sorry and, to say, and, and people PCs. that don't have. Yeah, NPCs, um, people that don't have any of, like, the manly skills. Like, you know, you don't have to be able to fix everything on my car, but at least if you know a couple things that I don't, like, repairs, 
it just things that I don't know how to do as a girl, you know, like. Why is, that, the, why is that the man's responsibility, though? Because why don't you figure it the fuck out for yourself? I figure out most How things, but that? you know what? My I can only open certain <laughs> jars, and I can only do so many lug nuts before, like, I can't. There's one that I can't turn myself or, you know. Well, that's just, a little different, but... A man that needs to know how to fix a bunch you of shit on your need car. To That's know not how really. To, but I just feel like that quality is like dwindling. Probably. I do actually. I'm old school, so I do believe that in a relationship, a man needs to man up and be <laughs> and be at least smart enough to change a fucking windshield wiper blade. Yeah, make sure that on my vehicle or, is safe. For oh, me hey, to get I got around, a brake light out. I got know? a brake light out. Can you check okay. that out for okay. me? You okay. know what I mean. But why is that the man's responsibility? That's what I'm asking. Because you're supposed to make a woman feel safe in any chance that you can, I think. Is Bingo, well, that's you, the number one want, thing right if there. If you want them to be safe in anything, you should have them become like a, a fucking militarized soldier, super soldier. No, she doesn't mean it like that. Because you can learn as a female to change your own windshield wipers. And I do. And know, well, then there you go. Then why do you need a man to do it for you? Equality. He doesn't need to do it for me, but I'm just it saying. It would just be like, nice, right? Okay, so Christi- Kristen's situation is a little different than most women. What do you this, mean? Because she grew up around cars. Yeah. Maybe her, that's why. Her, dad, her dad's worked on cars his whole life. He's getting old. My stepdad's getting old. You're getting old. Once you guys are gone, who Excuse the hell is going to work on my car? Excuse me? <laughs> I'm Rod, getting old. Rod, you, you, are getting, so, you are getting So even though I'm getting old, would I ever not be here to help you? You're getting very I mean, forgetful. No, if you, if you needed I'm me to help you, of course not. Ron, you're you getting know? very forgetful lately, and it worries me. <laughs> All I'm saying is, like, where did I leave that pack of cigarettes? It was just right here. Kristen has had cars back in the day that she would fix herself. The problem is these newer cars, they're almost unfixable. Like, there's no such thing, oh, I got a taillight out. Okay, well, your taillight's LED, so what do we got, electronics problem here? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, you know, I'm saying, okay, so we're getting off track a little bit, but... But I mean, you know, you got everybody that's using these dating apps, right? Uh, People don't date anymore. Like you, exactly. So you got right. Tinder, then you got the one that uh, Buckley uses, Grinder, and then, uh, and then. But I mean, it's like it's just like you're going shopping, right? Yeah. Like oh, so, like I don't know how Tinder works, but what do they say? Swipe left or whatever. So just keep swiping, swiping. Oh, this guy looks good, and it's all based on appearance first right so it's not based on kind of like regular dating now well in a way in a way so maybe it's just speed dating on an app i guess so maybe it's maybe it's not that bad i don't know yeah but But i do think uh but but christian is christian is an introvert too so there therein lies another yeah where i I mean i'm not saying that like it's a bad thing where am i supposed to go to meet people a bar no i don't want to meet someone a pumpkin patch yeah, but you know where you're going to so meet go. somebody. There's all families and old people there. A cornfield. You know where you're going to meet somebody. No, at a farmers market. Oh, go to a farmers market. I've been. I'm still waiting for the day. There's too many people there. There's. It's mostly a lot of older guys that There's I'm like. Probably too much cheese. Okay, time or... to walk away. All right, Kristen. Let there me ask you a question, and, and I'm being 100 percent serious. As a guy, of course, I can't use this as an example for you and me because because of, of our relationship. But I'm saying. <laughs> If I was a younger guy that I was in a dating pool, now you're you're going to be thirty two. You said I am thirty two. So I mean, technically, you could you would probably date somebody that's even as old as forty. Probably uh, be the top. That'd probably be the, okay. But I'm the saying, limit, but I'm saying, Ron, I don't think pick. you have a shot, bud. No, no, Sorry. this isn't about me. 
Did you ever think how intimidating you are? Oh, I've heard it from so many people. Yeah, 100%. You? Yeah. Yeah. You're not People are afraid to say hi to me. They tell oh me, like, oh, when I God. first met you, I thought you were going to be, so, like, they just judge me based on my looks, and they feel, I think I have, like, obviously the resting bitch face. That doesn't help me at all. But what am I supposed to do? Walk around smiling 24-7 because I'm not doing that either. I disagree with that. You don't have that. You're not intimidating at all. Well, people that don't know me that mean me, they say, like, you were intimidating. Like, I've heard that from mostly guys, too. I don't see it. Throughout my life, even as early as middle school. But what I'm saying is, is because you don't dress, as Buckley would say, salaciously. You don't put out that aura. And you don't put out that, oh, hey, I'm available. What do you got? What can you offer me? You don't put that out. No, because I've had to do everything by myself. Right. What can you offer that I can't offer myself? Right. So, so what I'm saying, though, is that pool of women like you really is what should be in demand. I can't even yeah, find yeah. a female friend right. like me. Like, there's not even, I mean, I do have a couple of female friends and they're great and they're not like, you know, all these other women, but like, it's hard to even find <laughs> women that I can get along with. I feel Relate like they're similar. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of women nowadays are fucking psychopaths i mean kristen's a psychopath but d- yeah. different psychopath yeah but she's always been so it's not like it's a new thing just yeah. mentally unwell a lot of women sometimes. today though they're just like i don't know they just want to like fucking uh, i don't even know i don't even know it's insanity all right the women out there are loco so Chris, all of them. so kristen here's how it's gonna work <laughs> one day you're just gonna wake up and you're gonna run to the store to get something mm-hmm and you're like, I have to drive to this pumpkin patch. And you're going to open up a door, and then you're going to turn, and then some guy's going to run into you. He's going to knock my drink out you're of gonna, he's gonna gonna drop. He's going to knock your coffee out of your oh hand. He's like, did you order the big sausage pizza? Because <laughs> <laughs> here it is. And and he's going to bend down to help you help you pick up your stuff. You're going to bend down. I'm going to drop kick You're going to get back up. Your you're eyes gonna are going to lock. Punch him. Like, <laughs> your eyes are going to lock. Hashtag me too. And he's going to propose right there. And that's going to be it. You're going to be the love of his life. What kind See, of story is it? Because I, I don't, don't think go there every day. I feel like you're going to, like, there's going to be some satanic spawn that crawls out of a pit of, like, ooze from the depths of hell. And he's going to ooze out of this, like, green, black bile mm-hmm. and, like, come out with, like, a fucking heart of, like, a beating heart of, like, a the child. Like, like the toxic like, Avenger. And be like, William, man. And then we both eat it at the like, same time. Oh my god! And you die. You 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 eat the heart, and then you dive into the hole of death with him back to hell, and you live happily ever after. All right, so no? Kristen, anyone? No, I'm into wow. it. Right. Uh so what else have you been up to? Have you been on any ayahuasca trips lately? Um, the last one I went to was probably like I feel like it was December, but I think it was actually. I have have been to a few since the last ones we talked about, um, but not too recently. Anything interesting happen? Uh, One interesting thing happened where I met my ancestors. I I, I think a lot of my ceremonies I do end up running into like some Native American ancestors, but this Mm -hmm. this one journey I had met my ancestors and like they really took me to before like white man came and destroyed the land. And it was wild because every ceremony I've ever had, like the first 18 ceremonies were all black and white. I never saw any color. But in this one, I was with my tribe and I could tell that I was like an important, like a medicine woman or someone (coughs) like higher up in the tribe. 
And I was playing this flute, and I don't know how to play a flute. I really don't. I didn't even know this flute existed in real life. But I was playing a flute, and as soon as, like, I was playing that in my vision, I saw music float across the sky, and everything turned into color. And I was, like, you know, jamming with my tribe, basically, like, singing and dancing and playing this music. And then I saw, like, the the real woman leader. I, I was looking at her, and I saw, like... I don't know. I saw so much dread in her eyes and I looked at to where her eyes were looking and they were looking across the way behind the mountains and you could just see like a bunch of smoke. And then shortly after that is when like white man came and like started killing my tribe and I got shot and I was like laying there dying and like the men from the tribe, like eight of them surrounded me and they all had their backs towards me, but they were all like kind of like an elephant would protect their young, but they were basically just like there to let me die in peace. And I saw like, They put this, like, I don't know, they put this, like, white saran wrap type of aura on me to, like, protect my body as my soul was getting ready to leave it. Was it a soul catcher? Maybe. I don't know. That's what it sounds like. I never never heard of that. But anyways, like, a couple months after that, I ended up seeing, like, basically the exact same flute online. I don't know how, because we're computers, probably, (laughs) and I... I don't know, I I looked into the flute and the guy, apparently it came to him in a dream and he started making it and it's like a traditional Native American flute. But I just finally got it like last week and I've been waiting. It was supposed to be like six to eight weeks and I just got it like five months later. It's a pretty sweet flute. Have you learned how to play it yet? Yeah, I've been trying to teach myself. Nice. Yeah, Indian flute music is actually very relaxing. I know. They call pan flutes. Uh, I'm not sure. They call them Indian flutes. That's what I've seen them as, but... I would listen to that music back when I was uh, meditating, mm-hmm. and it would really help you to meditate a little bit better. Easy. It's hard to meditate. Yeah, it is. Meditation is not easy, right? And uh, Well, not for me, it's not. So then uh, if I listen to that kind of music, it really relaxes me. So that's really interesting. So do you know what the time period was? Do you have any idea where you were? Um, I don't. I don't know what the time period was. It was before, I think it was before, like, literally when it was just, like, native land here, mm. for the most part. I did feel like I was in, like, America, and but it was way before everything. I felt like people had just come to the big island, basically, our country, to invade it, and, like, they had just parked their boat, like, you know, there, and we're coming on to Okay, so, so during this experience, what is the time frame... Like, do you remember in this experience? Was it like a was it like a replay of your life back then? Was you were you young, and then you know through certain years, and then you were older, or was it just like a, the day in the life? It was just a day. Yeah, I was like young. I was probably I would say I was probably close to the same age, maybe like forty at most. I never really looked down on my body, but the parts that I did see were like young, like they are. Um, and how real? was the experience it felt like it was is, is it like in, i was truly in a past so life indistinguishable from like say you sitting right here right now yeah is that that real or is it it was that real yeah, yeah that's I, crazy. Like, my the shop the medicine the facilitator came over to me and she's like just checking on me because she, she'll come around every so often check if you need more medicine or not and like that's when i had opened my eyes because she was like touching my shoulder and i opened my eyes and i looked at her i was like not right now not right now i gotta go back and i just like i was like i'll tell you all about it later and i just had the i can still feel like i had like the biggest smile on my face because i i really like never felt 
as loved as I did in that um, in that ceremony. And unfortunately, it was when I was like dying that I felt like the most of the love. But mm, that's interesting. Now, did you actually die in that? I die in every experience. Really? It's weird. That wasn't even my most recent one. I did the most recent ayahuasca experience I had was when I was coming out of like a that bad relationship, and I it was I had already come out of it, but it was like six to eight months after that, and it was a really rough journey for me. The entire journey was just like a lot of like dark shadows and more of the black and white stuff, and like it. I at one point I got like a bird's eye view of myself, and I was a spider, all crumpled up in a corner, like somebody had just stomped on me, and my legs curled in. But I was on a like in the corner of a ceiling, and it was like my ex and his entire family, and they were just they didn't realize that I wasn't dead, but they were like talking poorly about me because none of they kind of always made me feel like I was just never good enough or just all these like negative feelings I felt like. And, and this was your family talking about you, my ex's family. So it was him oh, and his okay. family, and it was like he had just stepped on me, and I curled up, and they thought I was all dead, and they're like, "Oh, you know, glad she's like the energy was like glad she's gone. That's finally done and over with, and like all this bad stuff." And I was just like laying there curled up as a dead spider, and I'm terrified of spiders in real life. So I had to like. Everybody was trying to, like, comfort me in the actual ceremony, like, you know, letting me cry and, like, trying to give me Reiki and stuff to try to pull me into, like, a brighter place because it was just really dark for me. And the only way out of it is, like, I literally had to look at myself as a spider and love myself. And, like, I sat there, like, with my arms around myself, just, like, hugging myself like a lunatic, you know? But it was uh, it was eye-opening because it was a reassurance that... So- Leaving was the right thing because they really did look at me. Okay, so I was going to ask you, do you think that that was a message to reassure? Because I know that this particular relationship you're talking about, you've been back and forth in this relationship for many years. And what have I told you multiple times? Since the beginning. What have I been telling you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You deserve better. Well, Um, so my question for you is like, when you were talking about um, like the the energy or whatever that you're picking up from like his family not liking you. Yeah. Do you think you picked up on that at all, like, in the relationship, and that's why it's coming through? Or Probably. was this more of, like, something that was, like, kind of, like, revealed to you? Um, or both? I think it, a little bit of both. Like, I did always kind of feel like most of the times his mom would always have something kind of, like, negative or derogatory to say towards, or, like, demeaning to say towards me. And, like, he himself would always have something awful to say about me literally, like, multiple times a day. There was never a day where he would, like, let me wake up or go to bed without feeling hated or, like... I was the worst person. Yeah, that's like, awesome. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it's a good start to the day. I love his dad, though. Like, I and I love his mom, too. And, like, obviously, I have love for him because I, you know, care about people, even if they're unworthy of being cared about. That's, like, one of my flaws is I just do you want something? Do you want something to drink? No, thanks. I, gotta, I make my own water now, so I've got my homemade water. Oh, yeah, so tell me about that. Got a big Berkey. <laughs> it's um so it's a good deal it's a good deal and i am not affiliated by any means but i think it was actually sean one day i was here though one of the times that i was here with him and he was talking about how i should make my own water for the thyroid stuff i've been dealing with and i ended up going to a natural or like an internal functioning medicine doctor which is a little bit more than a naturopath and she's like oh you should get you should get this berkey and it's actually on this healing web the berkey which I didn't realize till after. But basically, it's like the one I got is a big Berkey. It holds two, a little over two gallons. And it's like this big stainless steel cylinder thing where you put 
Um, the top chamber has where you put the water in. You can put like any water into it. And then it has two big black filters that last 11 years. And they filter out 200 plus contaminants like chloroform and like literally all sorts of things. I can't even remember the list right now. I wish I knew I was going to talk about Are it. Are you sure it's chloroform? Yeah. You can look up the town water. There's chloroform in your water where you're living right now. I guarantee it. If you go on and anyone, anyone that's listening. Like the stuff you use to make people pass out? Yeah. It's in the water. It's in the tap water. That is insane. It's in the public tap drinking water supply. I know it's all, the water's all fucked. So it's there to like help with, I don't know, like bacteria or something like that. But still, like if you're drinking tap water or even bottled water, there's probably chloroform in it. And this filters that out. And then you can get this, the bottom chamber, you can also get additional filters, which only last one year, but it's for fluoride and arsenic, I think. But it, it filters out like all these horrible things that we shouldn't be putting in our body. And yeah, it cost me like 300 bucks for the setup, but I did the math and over the next 11 years for the course of like the life of those initial filters, I'm saving, I think like $24,000 in bottled water. Cause I would buy, I would drink like a gallon a day. Of- yeah. And who's to say that the bottled water is even that good for you, right? It's probably not. It's not. So, well so arsenic is something that's naturally occurring, like in our water in New England, like, yeah. like it's always tested for arsenic. I want to talk a little bit about this map that you turned me on to. Uh, because I know, you know, you've battled with depression literally your whole life and, and I know you've had your thyroid issue for a long time. Uh, and I, and I think that you're doing better with both of those things, right? Because you're taking a more natural, uh, holistic approach to healing versus going to the doctors and having them, you know, tell you, just keep prescribing you meds. Right. And, uh, I think there's a lot of symbolism in these last ayahuasca trips you've taken. Obviously, this last one that you talked about when you were stomped on and you were a spider, mm-hmm. and you and you and you said that you you hate always hated spiders. Do you think that in some weird form that's because maybe you've always hated yourself? Could be, yeah. And then, and then it comes out, and it comes out in, um, in 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 the fact that you know in your experience that that was a crunched up spider that you're that this person that you've dated off and on four years who's always treated you like crap stomped on that i think that that experience was a message to you because when you told me you were done done this time i'm pretty happy about that because to me you just kept putting yourself into this endless vicious cycle yeah up down up down up down no self value, you know, just not not thinking of yourself in the way that you should. And I'm not getting down on you. I'm just saying I'm glad that these are the things that you're doing that has made you realize that you don't need that in your life. Honestly, I had to go to like the we have a really in this state we have a really good domestic violence survivor support program and it's like an educational like weekly session for like I think it was like 10 weeks or something but that was like a real big turning point for me mixed along with all the other things and steps I had taken but to like really learn the effects of an abusive relationship and what it does to the chemicals in your brain like the highs and lows and highs and lows you end up becoming addicted to the highs that you're just like keep going through the lows because you know another high is going to come and once I learned, like, I was literally trapped in, like, this toxic cycle, I was like, damn, my brain's not going to get the best of me this way. So when you were do- talking about, like, the, the spider stomping thing, now you were, like, curled up and you were, like, kind of hugging yourself. Yeah. Like, for me, the, th- the thing that I thought was, like, 
maybe and i don't know like you can't you need to like learn to like love yourself yeah I think because it's like it was kind of like you're being seen as the spider right which you don't like spiders but you are the spider and you're hugging yourself so it's kind of like showing you maybe maybe not that oh, you, I like, get it. I get where like, you're you going. Need to learn yeah. to like love yourself, and like maybe you think you hate yourself all the time, but in actuality, like you actually have to sh- love yourself. I think this process is teaching maybe. her how to go back to loving herself, like she should. Hopefully, that's yeah. just my, that's just my thought on it. Because I, I mean, I mean, you know, you look good, you look healthy, you you you're in a good mood. Thanks. I don't. And I mean, like and all this healthy. shit that you've been through, like with the car wreck and stuff, which I don't even know how you. Walked away from that. But going back to the experience you had previous to that one. The ancestor one with the flute. Yep. Yeah. When you were in your experience, you were, and I don't want to call it a dream. Can we call it a dream? It's just easier to explain it that way. Sure. And you were laying down and you were surrounded by these other men that had their backs to you. Yeah, like all shoulder to shoulder so that there was like no one could see in. My privacy was respected and that if anyone came to, like, harm me while I was, like, trying to die in peace, then they would take care of it. Nice. But you said that they put some type of wrapping over you. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a glowing, it was like aura type with that, like, that nice glow color, but it was like a white blanket not a blanket but it was just this thing that they put over me and then it like it clung to my body and kept like getting tighter and tighter as if it was like a vacuum sealed Mm -hmm. container now you've not heard of the concept of a soul catcher Mm -mm. i read about that actually recently and i would think that if you were going to have an experience you know how they say if you're having a dream and you die in the dream well you die in real life like say i've had tons of dreams where i've been falling off of buildings I've had lots of dreams where I'm being attacked by sharks. That's why I think I was a pirate in a past life. And that's why... Um, it's like Groundhog and, Day. And a lot of these past... Uh, you know, they talk about childhood trauma. Like, I think there's such a thing as past life trauma. Yeah. And that you carry that forward in your DNA. We've kind of touched on that before. That's why I'm saying my soul is sad. Like, it came this way. But, like, for years as a kid, I was afraid to go out on the ocean. Mm. No problem going in a lake, a pond, river, nothing. Did not like going out on the ocean. It's well, I, so fast. Ron. Well, I well I and got deep. I got over that. But the thing is, I might have been having that past life trauma where you know I was eaten by sharks, and I've had that dream multiple times. Well, it's the other way too. It's like if you have an inclination towards something, you know, like whether it's I don't know playing instrument or doing a certain activity or whatever it is. And it just feels better doing that activity than it does, like, I don't know, doing something else, <clears throat> like reading or, or whatever it is. I feel like that might be, like, a DNA carryover as well. Because, you know, there's certain things that resonate with, like, your inner being or your person and other things that don't. Well, it's like dogs. And why is that? Like, dogs, they they inherit the instincts of, like, wolves or whatever, like, bigger breed dogs. They all have that kind of the same traits and we inherit all these things i think for sure we inherit like anxiety fear illness i mean it's proven that we genetically inherit different illnesses but i think that we can also inherit anxiety and fear and emotions too well let me explain to you what my thought was on this cover yeah because i was saying when you when you're having a dream of course nobody knows this for sure but i mean they still don't even know where dreams come from but when you have a dream and you die in the dream or you say you, you're falling and you actually hit the ground and you die in the dream or whatever, 
I have a feeling that during that particular ayahuasca experience you were going through, they put that over you so that you wouldn't die in real life. Maybe. So that you... Like a shield. It stopped your soul from leaving your body. Oh. I'm a, I'm, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It stopped your soul from leaving your body because soul once, catcher, once you, yeah, exactly. So once your soul leaves your body, well, that's it. Your body's junk. Your soul goes on to the next one. I just think, you know, because this ayahuasca thing is something I definitely you gotta come next think time I would around. like to Let's try. And, and, Seriously. And the other thing, too, I'd like to do DMT sometime. I would go and, with ayahuasca and, and, first. And I understand that, you know, our body makes a certain amount of DMT, right? I don't know if I should do that. I don't know. <clears throat> But everyone should do. Anyway, it's just just interesting. I, I kind of wanted you to give the listeners an update because a lot of listeners call you the ayahuasca girl. And uh, so Drug any addict. besides those two, like those were your last two. Any other really? Because those two are kind of like those two are important. Those those mean something. And I'm sure every experience that you go through means something. But was there anything else that was profound like that that would. You know, at the beginning of that one, before I was brought to my ancestors, I thought this was interesting because I'm not, like, religious by any means. I'm more spiritual, and I don't hate on anyone for what they believe. It is what it is. But I, it was weird because as I was laying there and as the medicine was kicking in, my eyes were open and I was looking around the room, and all of a sudden, like, something morphed into Jesus. And it was, well, first... Something morphed into like a, what looked like Jesus, but there was also in the room like this crow totem god. And I was like, oh, okay, man. cool. And whatever. But then, as I think I've said in the past episodes, like most of my journeys when I'm met with like my ancestors or anything tribal, first thing that comes to me is this wolf. And this the wolf appeared after I saw Jesus and, like, this crow god, and I was like, what the hell is Jesus doing here? I didn't, like, why is he here? Um, but this this wolf came face-to-face -face with me, and it turned into the Native American chief, like, the chief of the tribe. And he basically grabbed my hand, and I was floating through time and space. I literally, like, went through every single temple, like, uh, the Egyptian pyramids. Like, I was literally, like, just, like, flying and floating through windows and it would morph into like a different temple and then it would bring me through space to another sacred religious site and like it's bringing me through all these places and i still don't know what that means like why why did i get br brought through all these different variations of religious sacred sites now when you're doing this you know when people talk about astral projection that's what i was going through <clears throat> now have, are you familiar with the term that they use the silver cord yeah and i hope i'm saying that right astral cord uh, same Astro thing yeah did you have that when you were doing this or or you don't know I think I did have it. Um, I don't think it was coming out of the front of me like you see in Donnie Darko, but I do feel like there was a cord connected through the back. like Your spine. Yeah. Your tail. Yeah, probably yeah, it was that my is, tail. That is super interesting. So like, you said, oh, what were you going to say? Well, I was just saying it's almost like something is trying to, something inside of you or maybe a past life is trying to message you to kind of maybe teach you something that you need to find out, that you need to learn. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. A little going a little backwards, but you, when you were talking about like the anxiety stuff uh, and how that can maybe be carried over the DNA, like through DNA, um, you know, I think lots of times anxiety is looked at as like being something that's really bad, which it is because I've had anxiety attacks, I've dealt with anxiety, 
as it is really bad. But I also think that it's kind of a good thing, which is kind of fucked up. And um, I think it's a good thing because it kind of lets you know if something's wrong in a sense. Do you know what I mean? Like if yeah. you're having a, re- a lot of anxiety, like then you're kind of like, oh, well, what's going on? What's wrong? Blah, 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 this or that. So I think that's kind of important. And like for me, it's like I get anxiety when I'm, I'm like super tired, haven't eaten enough, haven't drank enough. Uh, if I'm like sometimes I get it when I'm hiking and I'm like on the s- side of a ridge, uh, you know, near summit and it's like the wind's blowing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And and I also get it like when I'm not when I'm not doing enough, right? When I'm being lethargic, when I'm being lazy, or like I'm watching too much TV or playing too much video games. Is it anxiety or self awareness, though? Because it's anxiety. Trust okay. me, it's anxiety because I, I I've had it a thousand times, and you know, well, what do you mean self awareness? Like it sounds like you're describing just basically like you're observing yourself, and then you're getting like you're becoming self-aware when you're on that mountain you're like oh shit we could die right now like we could actually die this isn't safe and like yeah i can see how that would turn into like an adrenaline rush with the anxiety symptoms but when you talk about being like lazy and not doing enough i think that's more of like a self-awareness and then your mind starts you know kicking your ass and you're like then you start getting anxiety like oh what am i supposed to do i gotta do something what am i gonna do and i got so much to do and but i think there are good things about anxiety because they do alert you when something is wrong and i i think it it is helpful to be like super observant because people, will, I don't know, I, I just observe everything before I even sit down, I feel like. And then I know where everything is without having to look at it. And so that's helpful. And being, like, just super aware of your surroundings is helpful. But I think the long-term effects of living in that chronic state of, like, being unsafe and being in that, like, fight or flight is really, de- like, deadly. It, cortisol increases. I think, I think over over a period of time. It's extremely unhealthy. I don't know if it is though, because I, I think I think I think anxiety a lot is looked at as like it's like a clinical, you know, issue or, or diagnosis, and in reality, it's like not. It's more of something that's like a natural trigger to let you know that something's not right. So if you're looking at in that regards, it's pretty damn natural. Like if you're, say you're clinging to the side of a cliff and you're having anxiety, right? Because it's like, you know, a a big drop or like sometimes if I am low on food, I haven't eaten, I'm super fucking hungry. I get really bad anxiety until I start eating. That's like something I know about myself. If I'm like super lethargic, right? I said I get, I start getting anxiety. If I'm being lazy, I start getting anxiety. Once I start moving, exercising or doing stuff, it goes away. So, like, I don't, I personally think it's not as, and I'm not saying it's not bad because I've had anxiety attacks, which were bad. But I'm saying I think it's looked at in a, a way that isn't necessarily, you know. Like just a mental thing. A, a, a mental problem where yeah. it should always be looked at as, like, a problem because you have anxiety. Figure out why you're getting it. Do something to adjust or, or uh, combat that. It'll probably go. Well, away. like you say, if you don't eat enough, or right. say you're off your eating routine, right? Because you right. you probably eat at a certain time every day, right? So your body is used to getting those nutrients or you know whatever. And you're physical; you're doing physical stuff all the time, especially if you're hiking and not just at your job. But and say you skip a meal, 
and you don't have that, and your body's reaction to that is to give you something that you would uh, describe as anxiety, right? Right. So I think so. What you're saying is you think it's a combination of physical and psychological work well, I, that I, works together. Well, I'm, I'm I'm mainly trying to say like I don't think it's like has to be so clinically like. Uh, Analyze as being like something that's like a real problem. Like we got to put you on anti. Oh yeah, no, hundred percent. You know yeah. what I mean? It's more like, well, we'll figure it out. Maybe you got to go for a run. Maybe you got to eat something. Maybe you got to like stop watching a lot of TV. Maybe, maybe it's something else. I'm not saying it's not, but do you know what I mean? I just don't think it's. I think it's more of a natural uh, trigger that kind of lets you know something's off or fucked up or wrong. Like too much social media. Yeah. Like yeah. Too much social media. I'm sorry, Kristen. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think you have like the normal healthy levels of anxiety. Like your body is actually using it for what it's for to warn you and to like alert you that something is off. But I think that there are clinically like there are there is the other spectrum of it where it's like always present and your body can't get rid of it because it's got layers of trauma. And mm. like they call it complex PTSD or whatever, where you it's not one traumatic event, but it's like multiple in layers. And then they cause like this constant state of panic so like i'm it's like always being on that edge so like because i just always have anxiety it's like when something actually does gives me the extra anxiety where i don't feel safe i just have i just straight up go into a panic attack because i don't have any more room for any more anxiety Mm. so i don't know i do see what you're saying though and i definitely agree with it but i think that there are like two sides to it in a way I know if I get yeah. overwhelmed sometimes, I will start to get just little hints of anxiety. Anxiety, mm. You know what I mean? Like like if it's too much going on and I'm trying to stay focused. Because if I'm on something, I'm, I try to stay focused on it. And then you get all these uh, kind of outside things like coming at you all the time where you're like, oh, my God, I just don't want to deal with that. Let me focus on what I'm doing. And then when you're forced to have to deal with that, I think that's what gives me what I describe as anxiety. Maybe it's not anxiety. Maybe it's just me getting pissed off, right? But what I found interesting, this map that Kristen turned me on to, it's called the Healing Web. And you can actually download this particular map for free. And it's on the Deep State Mapping Project. Now, that's the place where we had got our Cult of Ball map. Remember, Buckley? Mm-hmm, yep. We got, we got that on here. But, uh, but it's really cool because what it does is it shows certain symptoms or diseases in the middle. Like it goes heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, cold and flu, diabetes, so on and so forth, right down to autism, Lyme, dental, vision, pregnancy, death. And then off to one side, it shows you the the things that you can do holistically to help with those situations. And then on the other side, it gives you big farmer's remedies for it which is basically just giving you a pill right super interesting Kristen, that you that that you found that i like how it's uh lgbtq colors yeah well that's well that shows you these it are really all makes like the, me feel like they're being inclusive what do you mean they, they literally used every color that they could to keep all the colors of the rainbow Kristen. yeah but multiple blues it's not yeah but not what just, that is is it shows you the maps those, no, those are your little roadways Super interesting. I think people should check that out. You should go on a deep state mapping project anyway. Uh, even donate to them because these guys do some amazing work. They also have the, uh, not just the Cult of Ball map, but they have the uh, the COVID the COVID slash 5G map, Ooh. which is, which is kind of cool. 
that you know what's cool? They have ayahuasca listed on here on this map, and I, they have it listed for both addiction, gender dysmorphia. Did you uh, say gender cancer. dysmorphia? Yeah, yeah that's that, in the middle there, that purple one. That would be, I would really be interested in hearing someone who's trans. Laughter, expression, psychology, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. And seeing what they're like their after reflection would be. Do you know what I mean? Mm. They'd probably realize that in a past life, they were the opposite sex and that life was still like in their embedded in their whatever DNA. And maybe that's why they feel like such the opposite sex. And all my past lives, I've been a woman so far. You know, I, I, you know, actually me and Mark had talked about this particular thing once like a year or so ago. I think in your past lives, you could be either. Yeah. Like I don't, yeah. I don't think you always had to be a guy or always had to be a woman. Well, also you know? people have the masculine and feminine energy, right? That's kind of like that's apparent in women and men. So it's like not like you know, all men don't have that feminine side; they're just more masculine. So that's what comes through. But there are also some women, uh, some men that have more of a feminine side, and that comes through more than their masculine side. Same thing for women. You get very masculine women in the other way as well. Yeah, I feel like I'm like, unfortunately, I'm more on the masculine side. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not You're definitely, manly at all, Like, you but I'm not girly. You no, you've always been a little bit of a tomboy. You remind yeah. me of a man, Kristen. That's messed up, man. How, <laughs> we're not going to get any calls on my D-line. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we should write like a little But you thing. know what, guys? Most guys say, like, you're not like other girls. Like, I can actually hang out with you, and it's, it's fun. And I... Take that as a compliment. What do you mean? Just like, even though I'm not girly, I feel like some guys don't like girls that are like super girly and annoying and like into high maintenance. You yeah. mean some guys yeah. like guys? So true. Maybe you should, maybe <laughs> maybe. You should find one of those. Like a gay guy might be so, the perfect uh, fit for you. So, Kristen, uh, I'm sure you're aware of all this trans stuff that's going on and all this hubbub and all this hype and everything that's been going on. How do you feel about that? Do or, you, or do you? I, or do like you? I, we want to get a dick. I agree with... No, I don't, I don't want to get a dick. No. Um, I don't think that they should be allowing children to make these decisions at such, such young ages. That's really not okay. And they're pushing it in schools and making kids feel excluded by like... Like I do notary jobs and I had met one of these... Like I was doing a refinance for a guy who is a parent of the same high school I went to, local, and... He was telling me about how his daughter, I think she was 11, and how at school they were handing out like rainbow flags and rainbow pins and the teachers would only give it to certain children and then the children that didn't get them would feel super left out and then they would go ordering their own flags and really displaying it loud and proud. Like, I'm pretty sure they have a gay pride like celebrations in school. Okay, what school are you talking about? The same one. Not I- our school. Yeah. The one I went to? Yeah, that's what they're doing nowadays. Not my really? goddamn school. I think the one you went to, the middle and high school? Get them out. It was a different middle school at the time, but yeah, it's the same high school. Yeah. Interesting. So that it's the gay takeover. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, I don't it's, think it's that like... It's taken over, baby. Gay should be like... I don't, strap in. It's not because it's... Strap on. Not because it's because of the gay qualities, but I don't think like sexuality should be like... In school, I don't think it should be preached one way or another. Like, yeah, teach children about their bodies. I think that that's well, maybe for juniors and seniors. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. Not middle school kids. I feel like maybe that should just be left to the parents. True, honestly. But yeah. some parents would rather a trained professional or 
Or, yeah, or, but are teachers not even trained professionals? Trained professionals? Right. Yeah. No. I went to, you know, when I went to school, there was a, a teacher's program, and it's like, you're, like, this is the thing. People slap labels on people and think that they're, like, a fucking professional. It's like, you just went to college and got a degree. Right. Like, they do it with doctors. They do it with therapists. They do it in any profession you can think of, and it's like, well, they have this title, so it makes them an expert. It's like, no, it fucking doesn't. Like, there are teachers that are fucking idiots. There are a lot of good teachers, I'm sure, and there are a lot of fucking therapists that are idiots Mm -hmm. and good therapists, and the same with doctors. So just because, like... And and think about that. Like, teachers across the nation. Like, think about how many are, like, just some fucking person that went to college to get a degree, and it's just, like, their fucking job. Do you know what I mean? And they're out there teaching your kid gender studies or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it's just weird. And then there's, like, other ones that are good. But So, like, I think that that should be left to the parents, maybe, like, at a later age. Yeah, or maybe Like, in high school, like, maybe... When you're like 17 or 18, they could have like some sort of sexuality classes or something. But realistically, like that. kids are having sex way before that. All right. Well, maybe eight, seven or 18 is a little later, but you know what I mean? It's like, you, well, okay. You don't need to be teaching it to like fucking the younglings. No, I think, I think middle school, elementary I mean, school. As you know, as much as it sucks to know that middle schoolers are having sex, I think it is important to like have some sort of education around it yeah it shouldn't be coming from just like a regular teacher but maybe somebody that's actually like trained in the field and knows like what eggshells they can't step on and like not to push like different agendas i don't know like i think kids should know how to put on condoms at least probably like, yeah that's probably a good idea yeah <laughs> whether it should be happening in school or not I, I mean i don't think school's the best place for it but where else are they all bunched up at once you know that's true yeah that's, why can't the parents that's be a like tough timmy we gotta we gotta talk to you about something now. See this banana right here? Because parents talk to their kids different than anybody else talks to their like parents have a different relationship with their children. They may not be like as like what if a father was teaching his son about this and then like his son wanted to be like, well, what if I'm gay? But he was afraid to say, what if I'm gay because his dad's gonna beat him up or like shut him down or not talk to him or disown him so or it's a safe space and that happens so. yeah i think they're, yeah like, no that's true know. it's a fa- that's a good point um i mean some teachers are supposed to be like very inclusive and like accepting of everybody which is good i think we make the safe space but don't push and don't make people feel left out for not getting a rainbow pin or like don't did don't. you did you guys see somewheres where there was a it's either a school system or a state out west that's going to stop with the participation trophy deal. Good. Yeah. I mean, they didn't have none of that stuff when I was a kid. And, and, and do you think, because when I read that, it kind of, and this is something you guys can probably go on, but I think the whole participation, participation trophy deal was the beginning of the end of the... Everybody is inclusive game. That was the first yeah. step, right? In Buckley's tiptoe to tyranny. So that was the first step. Well, you know I what? That was the first step. But. Well, well, no. Well, well, hear me out. So we want all these kids to be included in this because we don't want anybody to feel that they're left out. Because Kristen said something interesting. So even if you suck at baseball, you suck at basketball or whatever, 
even though you tried, we're going to give you a participation trophy, <laughs> which, which on the outside seems okay, right? But could that be, okay, so now we're going up to what you said. They're handing out flags, and they didn't have enough flags because little Jimmy didn't get a flag, but little Johnny got a flag, and Sally got a flag, but, you know, this other kid didn't get a flag. They're upset because they didn't get a flag, and they don't even know what this flag is for. Right. So they're feeling like they're being left out. So when they find out that Sally and Jimmy are having these, you know, whatever, transgender flags or whatever you want to just pick a thing. Oh, well, they don't even know what it is, but they know that they don't want to be left out of it, right? Yeah. Could this be the the first part of the steps to to get to the agenda that I feel that they want? I mean, does that make sense to well, you guys? The participation yeah, trophy, it's like I think it puts this a notion into people's or kids' minds that it's like even if I lose, I still get something. Do you know what I mean? So therefore it's like well No striving. Well now I don't have to work harder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, this team that worked harder and won should get the trophy. You didn't win. You shouldn't get it. But now we're going to give you one so you feel included. That gets rid- that depletes all of the like work ethic or like I need to work harder or strive to be better to achieve something. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like that's kind of fucked. Yeah, because they'll say, well, why do I have to try harder? I'm still going to. I still get a trophy. I'm still going to get a trophy. And what does that equate to, Buckley? In real life skills, a I lot. don't. I don't need to go to work because I'll just get my universal basic income. Right, it's the same fucking thing. Well, it also, yeah, it's I gonna, mean, to a degree, yeah, it's going to carry over later in life. Like a lot. I mean, I know it's hard for people to, you know, well, it's, it's probably not that hard, but like a lot of the things and behaviors that you do now, you learn or are 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 directly related to your childhood. Do you know what I mean? And that carries over into your adult life. And, like, you know how it's been said lots of times. It's, like, a lot of the things you do now, you're just, like, repeating the same program over and over. Like the childhood trauma. Thing. Like your, your routine in life. Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of childhood trauma for people is, you know, a reason why they can't even fucking function in society today. It's because they have all this fucking baggage, all this fucked up stuff that you know, created certain behaviors or, 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 or trigger points for certain things later in life. Like behaviorally, when something happens to you or you learn something, right, it creates like a brain, a brainwave pattern in your mind that's then, uh, uh, comes out as a behavior, right? So like, if you're like, if you're having an addiction, uh, and you learn that an addiction, at a very young age or an early age or like lying or something like that, that creates a brain pattern in your, in your brain. And that's how your neurons fire. So then that'll attribute later in life. So like if you were going to go to try and reset that or change it, you would have to create a way that creates a new brain pattern to get out of that mode. Interesting. So like the behaviors and the brain patterns and the neurons that are firing are created very early in life. So you have to rewire yourself. You, yeah, you literally have to rewire yourself. And that's it like, can be done with diet and uh, fasting. And drugs. Brain-derived neurotropic factors. And, uh-oh. Brain cell regeneration. Brain cell regeneration. So, Kristen, let's get down to the real stuff right now. All right. What do you really think about Sasquatches? 
I don't know. What's your true opinion? Like, I, I remember listening to the episode that you guys did, or I think it might have just been Ron and his uh, fishing game friend or whatever, but I don't know. I was walking through the woods listening to that one. I had a, I had a good time. Every, like, twig that broke, I was like, oh, it's a squatch. I gotta get out of here. Sam Squatch. <laughs> um, I don't know. I honestly don't know enough about the squatches. I don't doubt that there are things out there like that that could exist. I mean... I mean, it's just like a giant. Have you seen enough data? No. Or evidence? No, I haven't. I haven't like delved in deep to that subject. Okay, so, <laughs> so I uh, I was watching some video, and it was this guy talking about he had this like old military, um, it's like a USDAF map topography map, which is like shows like mountain elevation. Yeah. For certain like forest ranges, mm-hmm. whatever, but it also had a list. It was like an old one. It was military issued, um, but it also had a list of dangerous species, like bears and mountain lions, and a sasquatch was on there. The Bigfoot. Yeah, I mean, I think every like legend or myth comes from some fraction of truth somewhere yeah. down the line. Yeah, that makes sense. But you've never seen one? I've never seen one. I've never heard one. What I do think is cool living out in the woods is when you get to hear all the coyotes, like, oh, at, God. you know, at night feasting. And Those things. Oh, God. It your sounds your so eyes cool. just got real weird yeah. when you were talking about that. I've actually, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard them after they've made a kill at, like, I don't know, wee hours in the morning. It's but maybe kinda, those are squatches that we're hearing. Creepy. Well, so... Because you know how coyotes, they kind of like cackle and hoot? Yeah. Uh, well, sometimes people say that Sasquatches like imitate owls and they hoot. They like mm. howl. Like, I don't know what the fuck owls do, but. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, we'd have to have uh, Ron bring some professional on here, some professional Squatch cider. Squatch cider sounds good. Yeah, it does. <laughs> sounds delicious. It's probably like, it's probably like I don't know. Probably like apples and like hair, right? And probably some dirt. Yeah. But anyway, have you? <laughs> what do you like cryptids, or do you get into cryptids at all? Yeah, I want to get more into the cryptid stuff. I know there's like a cryptozoology, New England something. There's some sort oh, of. Oh yeah, group. there's one in Portland. Yeah, I think Portland, Maine. I think there's a museum too, right? There's a cryptid museum. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. I I really I get into like the the fucking Skinwalker videos. Have you yeah, seen those where they're I've, like, I've enjoyed some of those. It's really interesting. It's fucking creepy because some of them look really real. I don't know if they're real, but they're kind of eerie. Like the ones where there'll be like a chick walking in the woods by herself. And then there's like someone like calling out like, hello, like help. And then it like gets closer and closer and closer. And it like starts chasing after. Her. Yeah, I'd be running. The, f- the f- uh, flight would kick right in real quick. Fight or flight. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a flight. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm obsessed with watching like the ghost videos. Yeah, like the paranormal shit. I do love all the paranormal stuff. I guess like I'm really interested in the cryptid stuff too, but I haven't really gotten deep into it because I'm more so like curious. I think my biggest curiosity is like the other dimensions and astral projection and paranormal and like things like that. Well, I'm pretty sure. The CIA, well, I don't know. If you believe, like, the CIA document shit, have you ever looked at any of that stuff? I don't look at it. I see a lot of people posting videos and, like, 
and like you know uh reading through parts of it with videos. i read the entire thing the one about the gateway experience and i think that we should save this whole thing for the next episode i'm gonna i was gonna ask ron if we can do that next time the gateway yeah the gateway why why is that why is that sounding familiar to me it's the one where they like um they brought in i think his name is george monroe he has a whole institute and oddly enough when i was looking at colleges when i was in like towards the end of high school the only college that ever interested me was called the monroe institute and i just always kept that in the back of my mind but they had like courses on astral projection and like all these different spiritual things and i was like damn if there's a school out there for me that's the one (laughs) but apparently in the 70s they had the founder of that university come in and the government hired him to do a bunch of experiments on like remote viewing and uh like programming like the human mind Ooh. so he basically used like frequencies it's like mk ultra shit yeah exactly and he um he would have you put headphones on and he would have set he would mess with the frequencies that go in one ear versus what's coming in the other ear and bring you into like a state of mind where you're in like a deep like hypnotic kind of i believe the uh the mk ultras call that over the rainbow so why I was bringing up because those CIA documents or whatever because obviously there's like the ones that talk about how other dimensions are real yeah there's so many different dimensions uh, there's like different levels I guess I don't know but also there were some that were saying that like anybody can astral project yeah if they like do the right shit I want to try it I don't know if I want to I feel like I do when I dream. Yeah, I think we do when we dream. We definitely go somewhere. Because there's no way, like, I've I've met, I, there's I, there's people in my dreams that, like, I have never met in my life. They're like, I know they're a real fucking person. Or I, like, go and I, like, meet up with people that I know. It's really weird. I don't know. Dreaming's really fucking weird. I had a really weird dream not that long ago. And it was like, I was reading this paper and, uh, I was reading about this town. It was like, oh, like really good tourist attraction town. Like, come and visit. There's so much shit to do. And I was like, yeah, like I'm gonna go. It's gonna be fun. So I went to the town, and like this person met me, and he was like, oh, hey, are you like you new here? Like, oh, you just checking out the town? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I'll show you around, blah blah blah. Yeah, and I think I was like with a couple of people. I don't really remember, but eventually, he, like, took me to this arcade. And it was like, everyone was like having fun. It was like kind of dark. And it was like, uh, (laughs) I don't know why I'm telling you this, but they took me in there and they're like showing me around. It was dark and they're like, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and then, uh, some of the people I was with, they just like ended up disappearing. And like, I was like, where, where are they going? Like, where where are my friends? Blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, don't worry about it. Just like, keep having fun. Like, yeah. Hello. You want to go? Okay. Well, let's go check out this back room. And they like took me into this back room. And they tried to, like, they tried to capture me or something. And then they tried to, like, hook me to this device (laughs) that was, like, made for sucking my soul out. You know what? This kind of freaks me out because recently, like, two months ago, I woke up with something. And it literally looks like a scar. And it looks like a giant, the best way I can describe it is, like, a giant Band-Aid. And 
to get the scar this size, I would have had to have had some score, some sort of injury or scabbing or recollection of any injury because it's right on my arm. I see it every single day. But one day I was in the shower washing my arm and I realized I had this fucking weird scar thing. And I have showed up. Yeah, I have to show it to you when you're like in like when you're closer. But it's literally like right here. It's this big. I don't know where it came from. The only thing I can think of is I got like literally abducted in my sleep or like. Or I'm glitching out. Like, I'm not loading in all the way. I don't know. It sounds crazy, and I don't know who to ask about it because it's on my arm, and you can see it with your own eyes, and I just, I have no, no recollection of it. All I know is that they tried to hook me up to this device, and I somehow got out of there, and then everybody in the town was like these fucking, they weren't quite vampires, but they were like kind of skinwalkery sort of s they were like a mix and they were fucking i got out of there i started running and they were just chasing me and the rest of my dream was like me running through this town trying to escape because they were looking for me and apparently this whole town was just set up to lure people in so they could these creatures could suck their souls out that was like the whole setup of the town and it was fucked up I would say places like that exist in real life too. Think so? Do you think like in a in like a nefarious demonic way, or more like uh, I don't know, just like a, a drain of society where it's like just like a dredge, like big cities, like like L.A. where everyone's fucking fake as shit and they don't give a fuck about anything that's really real. I think in a nefarious way, but also in the L.A. way, because there's the, what do they call it, Skid Row, where they just dump all the people with mental illness that are homeless. They just dump them all, and it's like, what, like 47 blocks of this entire section of Los Angeles where all Mm. these people just, like, live, and it's the whole homeless society, and, like, people go missing from there, and, like, I just feel like that could be a place where people are just dumped and then fed to whatever, or, like, yeah. (laughs) Nobody's going to know they're gone because nobody's ever looking for them. Well, yeah, this, this, the, the homeless and the mentally ill that just get dumb places, they're kind of, I feel like anything could happen to them and no one would really ever, not to say care, but most people probably wouldn't care or even bat an eye. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's sad, but it's kind of the truth. It's like when you see homeless people, you're kind of like, oh. You know, Got to stay away from those people. I just look for if I have an extra water in my car, I can just hug out the window real quick. Well, I guess you are just perfect, aren't you? I am just perfect. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I just know what it's like to be thirsty. I know okay, how important okay. water is. Yeah, water is great. Everyone loves water. But you have to say, like, there are some sketchy-looking homeless people. Yeah, but there's sketchy-looking people in general, too. I get what you're saying, though. I am, like... I, I'm always on edge, so anyone walking towards me the wrong way with the, the wrong freaking eyes you're 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 definitely a murderer yeah and i'm just saying there's kind of there's kind of like i don't want to say stigma but there's kind of like this vibe of regular society in them and it's like they're shunned a little bit yeah some of us are afraid to go to prison and some of us are like i need a place to sleep and food to eat so i will cut you right (laughs) (laughs) yeah basically that's what i was getting at they just want to cut you cut you up for your money. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? Yeah. I've had it. I used to get it. I don't get it anymore. 
but I used to get it all the time in my er- like early twenties. I it's, wish we could it's upload. It's kind of fucked. It's weird. I wish we could like upload my sleepwalking videos somehow. Those are interesting. You have them? Oh, yeah, I, I record myself. What do you do? I've like, done c- some... pancakes? Um, no, I cl- make... Clean? <laughs> I make chocolate water. <laughs> chocolate water. That sounds... That doesn't sound bad. No, it, it was pretty hideous. What kind of chocolate? Um, so... Years ago, when I had first moved into my last apartment that I was living in, um, I don't know. I have no recollection of it, really. But I was on the phone with my mom one day, and I was talking to her, and I opened the fridge to like grab a drink of water or whatever, and I noticed that there was this glass bottle of... I've had this glass bottle for years, and it was just like an empty glass bottle with cocoa nibs at the bottom where you could dump like vodka on and make chocolate vodka if you wanted to. Sounds good. <laughs> but I never did anything with it because i don't really drink that much and so basically i just had this glass of cocoa nibs for years and i was on the phone with my mom i opened the fridge and that glass bottle was in the fridge full of a liquid and i was like mom i need to get off the phone somebody broke in when i was sleeping and made chocolate water i don't know what's in this drink i don't know what's in this glass it's probably like chloroform (laughs) so she's like i'm like i gotta look at my camera so I like I'm looking through my camera for like the entire night looking for any like, you know, events that were triggered. And I found the section of time where I'm out of bed. Like and I'm walking out of my first I walk out of my bedroom, I walk into the bathroom and I'm not using the bathroom. I'm just staring in the mirror. All you can see is the back of me and I'm just like staring in the mirror. I don't know if my eyes are open or shut. But then I turn around and I like creepily like broken bone zombie walk like towards the fridge. I grab that like glass bottle of cocoa nibs off the counter. I get a gallon of water out of my fridge and somehow like the neck on the bottle was like, I don't know, a little bit bigger than a quarter maybe. And somehow I magically poured water in that bottle without making a mess at all. And then like I go to drink it and I start just like yelling at my cat to get off the table. But you're possessed. But, like, when I found that... Rec- 100%. Well, the reason I think that it was kind of, like, something spiritual is because every time I got to that section of their video, I would go to hit play, and it would completely, cut, like, kick me out. It would just shut down the entire app and, like, reset. And I was, like, I literally... Yeah. Could, there was, like, electrical interference the whole entire time. That's demons. Yeah. And That's I've done some other weird ever, stuff, too. Like, like I've... What? I've, um... Got this video of myself. I'm basically, like, standing in my bed, standing up... Where my pillows are, I'm standing. Facing the wall. Facing, like, forward where the TV would be. And I just make this weird sound, like, woo! Not like a woo, but it's like a weird bird whistle that I can't even do. Yeah, and then, like, I've woken up and my door is unlocked and I've had recollection of, like, spiderwebs. So I know I've gone, like, outside of my apartment. I don't think I've ever sleepwalked. One time when I was younger, I I did wake up from a nap and pee in the shoebox. <laughs> but that was when I was really young. But I did used to get sleep paralysis in my early 20s. Did you see shadow people? You know, that's like what everyone says. And I never saw shadow people. I do believe in shadow people. Yeah. I've seen some shadowy, smoky things before. But during sleep paralysis, I just remember kind of having this like daunting fear because i knew i was awake but something was keeping me asleep and something was keeping me pinned down 
Isn't that the succubus that comes when you have sleep uh, paralysis? I have no idea, but it feels terrible. Like, it literally feels, like, terrible because you, like, know something's fucked up and something's wrong. But you don't really know what that is, but you can't move and you can't wake up. Eventually, you do wake up and you can move, but, like, for a period of time, you're, like, you're, like, kind of bugging out and have, like, this daunting, terrifying feeling of dread, at least in my experience. And I used to get that a lot. And, uh, oh, God. Ugh. Every time I woke up from that, I was just like, what the fuck? Was that so, when in your 20s or younger? Early 20s. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's weird because I've never had, like, a full sleep paralysis like you describe or, like, I've, like, read about. But I have seen multiple, like, I have seen many or shadow people on many occasions. And sometimes it's when I'm wide awake. So it's like there's no sleep paralysis involved. But one time, the only time I was ever, like, asleep and woke up to something that I couldn't control was I woke up, like, sitting Indian style at the foot of my bed facing like where my pillows would be so almost like backwards in a way like I didn't just sit up in bed I like sat up got to the edge of the bed and then turned around to face like where I would be sleeping and I woke up to my sometimes I'll like sleep talk and I'll wake up to my own voice because it's a noise that wakes me up but this time I like woke up opened my eyes and I was speaking tongue I don't even know how to speak tongue. I don't know how to, like, mimic it or pretend to do it. And I couldn't... It felt like 45 seconds of, like, this language coming out of my mouth that I... It was it was the scariest thing ever. I felt, like, truly, like, possessed. I don't know. I, uh... <laughs> I uh, had an experience one time with, uh... <laughs> we were doing some uh, extracurricular activities in substance form. Just me and some of my friends. And, um... My friend, it was, like, kind of, like, how you describe, like, he, he was, like, possessed. Something entered him that was not him and had him, like, speaking in tongues and, like, perseverating in a manner. It was, like, very, it was scary and it was freaky and, it like, scared the shit out of me and, like, he was bugging out and then immediately he just like i was like dude dude like are you okay are you okay like dude and then immediately it was like a switch and then he was just like what what are you talking about weird i was like dude you were just like he's like what i don't know what you're talking about but it has been said we actually talked to who ron who was that guy who like wrote that book remember i think we we talked to him with ryan and matt uh i forget his fucking name but he yeah. That guy, he wrote this book about like uh, the. It's like a history of American possession, uh, possess, like demonic possessions or something like that. Hmm. So he was like into that kind of spiritual, ghostly, paranormal. I missed out realm, and um, he said he was like, well, you know, it's it's believed that um, when you do drugs, like we when you smoke weed or you do hallucinogens or like LSD, like I know a lot of people think psychotropics are very, very good for you, which they could be, they could be healing. They could, you know, open you up to other stuff or open up your mind or open up your mind to other stuff that's bad. And what he was saying was that a lot of these drugs open you and make you more susceptible to like entities, demonic entities, uh, you know, things that might not be too good for you, things that could kind of get into your mind and, like, you know, kind of take control of you or influence you. And, you know, I've heard I, – I actually have friends that have talked about smoking weed before, you know, their whole 
they start hearing somebody talk to them and say things to them that's like very fucked up stuff and saying stuff that like you know you don't want to hear almost like there's voices talking to you to tell you to like do something very demonic and weird so i don't i don't know where i'm really going with this but i do think like you know, I know there's this whole movement of like, you know, drugs, uh, you know, psych- psychotropic and, and drug therapy. Um, and there's this whole like weed culture and there's this whole like, yeah, it can be very good for you. But I think there's also the other side where it's like, one, well, you know, a lot of people struggle or they have like, uh, you know, mental breaks. Maybe it's schizophrenic breaks where they're on psychotropics or they're they do too much weed or, and things like that. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at is just like, I don't know if you're going to fucking do drugs, be careful with it. Yeah. Same goes for Prozac. (laughs) Don't do too much. Do a little bit. (laughs) Only time I ever heard voices in my head was when I ran out of Prozac randomly. And the voice literally was like, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. I had a cousin that experienced that same thing. It was awful. Yeah. She was on Prozac (laughs) and she was on some other meds and, uh, when she wasn't taking them to the amount that she was used to. And I mean, she had built up a like huge immunity to it. Uh, yeah. I helped, I helped her mom take her to the nut house. Yeah. I just ran I mean, I mean she was hearing voices. She was messed up And look at the, um, look at the instances of, uh, and I don't want to get into it too much, but all these, uh, well, not all, but a fair amount of these mass shooters, they're all on some type of psychiatric drug. Like this like this young kid, he was evidently only in his early 20s that shot up that bank in Kentucky. I guess he actually worked at that bank, right? Or worked for that bank. Yeah, he got fired or something. Not sure if he worked at that particular branch, but his family members are right. Yeah, he's had mental illness for a <laughs> long time. Yeah so, yeah. so, I mean, I think certain drugs you should stay away from. I, I think... A lot of foods are drugs. There's people who aren't even aware of the chemicals they're putting in their body, like that C4 energy drink people are drinking. There's something in it. I forget exactly the name of the ingredient, but they call it, it's known as the other white substance, and it's an unregulated drug that they're putting in, and it doesn't matter what the amount, and it literally causes, like, C4? heart attacks and death. Yeah, the drink C4. Uh, I thought that was a pre-workout. They do make a pre-workout as well, the same oh, company, okay. I think. Yeah, yeah I, I think people... Like, we all know that there's certain foods that we get in the United States that are literally banned in other countries, right? So I think that's something going forward in some future episodes. Obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, doing more about wellness and what people can do to, you know, get healthier, get away from these highly processed foods that are making us sick. Animal Make, products. Making, well, I disagree with that, but. It fills your body with carcinogenic toxins that are so hard to detox. Okay. If they are unorganic, yes, mm. I agree with you. A lot of a lot of processed meat through big farm factoring actually are, you know, are carcinogenic. Stop eating the damn animals. If they are organic, in, supposedly in theory, like that component Cha-ching, my favorite word, is removed. So, I don't know. But I don't I don't agree with the whole not eating meat. Cause I'm going to bring in a book good. next time, and we're going to do a book review. Jokes and I'm going to tell you all that I know. I don't have an issue with you not liking meat. I just, yeah, you do whatever that, you want. Yeah, that's what Buckley and I have said on every episode. You do you. I don't have a problem with that. I have 
plenty of people I know that are vegans or, or vegetarians, and I'm like, I'm, I just cannot be that. I can't. No. My my blood, I'm, I, you know, my Rh negative blood requires beef for steak, the iron. Steak makes me feel like a champion. Yeah, it literally makes me feel like I could like cage fight. I mean, do I like the idea of you know once? how how animals like Buckley says in these big factory farms how they're no, how they're fucked. treated how they're killed? Yeah, it's fucking it fucked. That's awful. But I, you know, but what are you gonna do? Every things right. eat shit. That's like na- that's nature. Yeah. Things eat other things. Like what? What are you gonna do? You we are at the top of the food chain, supposedly. Well, Sasquatch might be above. There's us those lizard reptilians. people. Yeah, yeah the reptilians. <laughs> so, uh, so Kristen, I want to thank you for coming in. Did you have anything you wanted to close say for closing mm. words? And I hope you have the opportunity to come back a little bit more often. Yeah, I'll come back. Um, <laughs> I don't have any closing words. I'd say thanks for the skulls. If I actually see them. Well, I wanted you to come in, and I was going to try to get you to open up a little bit tonight. And I think we're between Buckley and I, we were a little successful there. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more that I wanted to discuss with you, but we can only get so far in two hours. And I wanted you to come back because the listeners have been asking about you. So thank you for coming back. Uh, tell us, uh, tell the listeners where they can find you and... The deer and crow thing. Are you still doing that? Yep, still doing that. Still making candles and um, you know all sorts of nice natural products. So you can go to deerandcrow.com, Just d e e r a n d c r o w dot com. That's my whole website there. Um, Instagram, it's deer and crow, but there's underscores between the words. And then my other Instagram is iridescence nine one nine. All they got to do is click on the link in the show notes and it'll take it right to your page. Yeah, and we'll put the uh, link for that, uh, the healing web in the show notes, right? Yes, yeah. yes, for sure. Uh, and thank you for turning me on to that because I've got all kinds of maps that I downloaded since then. Yeah. Anything that was free, I downloaded. Buckley, do you have any closing words? You never know where anybody's at ever in their life. That's why it's always be nice to people. You never Seriously. know what they're going. They're never go, You don't know what they're going through, right? Yeah. So I guess just maybe try to for anybody. Like you don't know what they've been through exactly. So just if you can try to be a little more uh, patient. I guess with people. Yeah. Treat everyone like your grandma or something. Like boy, not my grandma. You know. If you're in a bad place, it's pro- it, hopefully it's not going to stay that way. Usually it doesn't. Um, so just, like, don't be too down on yourself, I guess, and don't think that it's going to stay that way because generally, eventually, you will get out of it. And also try to just, I don't know. People have so much going on, so it's like if they're in a bad place or, you know, maybe they're not talking to you or whatever, just, like, give them give them – a little yeah they might be in the hospital so don't get mad if they don't answer your dm um <laughs> they might have just gone to a car wreck and trashed their whole car flew out the window yeah you know like Buckley. well no if it's me if it's me get get back to me immediately there's no ands right. ifs or buts but for but, most people you know just let them breathe yeah like buckley says you know you don't know what somebody else is going through and if we all go through tough times we talked a little bit about that last week we all go through bad times, and sometimes you just can't wait around and wait for things to get better. You kind of got to take steps yourself to make things better. 
like, yeah. like stand up for yourself and, and you say, listen, if I know that what I'm doing is not giving me the results I want, then I need to change what I'm doing to get the results I want. Right. And don't, and don't so. be so hard on yourself either. No, because we're all human. And change and change is difficult. So, like it, it's like if you're not at the place that you want to be, and that's been going on for a hundred days, two hundred days, three years, four years. There's still there is still the possibility that that'll not be that'll that can change. So it's like even if you're stuck in like this this rut, right, and you don't think you can get out of it, and everything looks hopeless, that's not the fact. Like. Yeah. You, there's still a chance. There's still opportunity. There's a chance every single day that you wake up that something will be different. So just keep that in mind. I One guess. thing that has my stepdad keeps telling to me, and he's like a AA sponsor. He's changed his life, but throughout everything that I've been going through lately, like I'm really not well, not dealing with it the well, the best I can. And my stepdad just keeps reminding me, "This too shall pass." And like it right. sounds so dumb, and like I remember reading it so many times in my life. But right now, like it is, those four words are just like, "Okay, it is true." Like this actually will pass. And as somebody with like lifelong depression, oh no, some things to help me. Just go outside real quick, breathe in some fresh air. Like literally, go look at a tree. Just look at a tree and feel the wind, and make a smoothie, a fruit smoothie. Don't add a bunch of garbage in it. Just like straight up water, frozen fruit, blend it up. Drink it, you probably feel a little bit better. You know, I don't know about you guys, but just the last couple of days where it's finally been warm, it's kind of helped my psyche a lot. Oh, yeah. Like big time, you know, because I get down or blue, as they say, uh, when I go through a lot of like gray days. Like, I don't like gray days. And I've been, you know, even my wife had made a comment the other day because uh, I had let the dogs out and course now this time of year the deer are back around a little bit more frequently right and, and we know pretty soon they're going to be having their babies right and so so the dogs run off and they went to the uh, piece of land next door and i yell for them and i you know i get it they, they've been cooped up all winter those staffordshires don't like cold so they go out they do their thing they come right back but opie goes out what's he do starts rolling around on the lawn and he was just looked like he was like covered in hay and but I know he likes that. Then he found one of his balls that was out there. He's got one of those indestructible balls that he plays with. And he played with that for a while. And I'm like, you know what? It's nice out. I'm just going to let them play for a little bit. And Willow, she split next door. She got on the scent to something. But you know, after about 20 minutes, a half hour, I'm like, okay, guys, let's go, let's go. And they they did not want to listen to me. They did not want to come inside. So I was kind of bitching about it. And I went inside. And my wife's like, hey. You've been waiting all winter. I've You've been sitting out on the deck a lot more in the last few days. They want to do the same thing. They want to be out in the sunshine, too, and they've been all cooped up all winter, so I get it. Yeah, We've all been cooped up for winter. I know some of us, like, we don't mind winter. Like, I've, I've kind of wore that out. Like, I'm not into winter anymore, but there's a lot of people that enjoy winter. Like, freaking few weeks ago, Buckley climbed a mountain during a freaking blizzard. So, so I mean, you know, it's, it's okay, but I got to say... Now that this nicer weather's coming, like, even if you're stuck inside working, like, if you've got a 10 or 15-minute break or whatever, get outside and get some sunshine. Go for a walk. You will feel better. All right, yeah, everybody. So I just want, I did want to say that, like, uh, yeah, all it takes is one one little moment of change, and that can change fucking everything. Oh, yeah. I, I'm also, there's a lot going through my mind, so I didn't articulate what I wanted to say the best. But anyway. No, I understand, though. Don't be the last thing that pushes somebody over the edge. 
like it could be something so small <laughs> don't tailgate somebody because that could literally be the one thing that they needed to be like all right fuck it i'm killing myself like hey seriously <laughs> just stop being so mean to people yeah you know what you it, do- it doesn't take a lot to be nice i will say that about myself I hold doors for people. I'm always friendly to people. I'll say hi to people at the store. I have no idea who you are. If you make contact with me, I say, oh, hi. <laughs> oh, hello. You know what I mean? Oh, hello. How I mean, just, just saying that might make somebody's day. Right. So get out there. Be happy. Get some sunshine. Help to make somebody's day. All right. Don't be an asshole. Well, unless you need to be. Send in the applications. All right, everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, send applications <laughs> for Kristen's kidding. dating life. If you're interested in dating Kristen, you will have to go through Buckley and I first. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. You know where to find me, Ron from New England and the Wicked Planet Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Ron from NE. I'm also on True Social and Gab, Ron from New England. I don't do anything over there. But in light of all the throttling that happens on Twitter and... If you go on my Instagram, I don't know if my stories are still going to be there. I did post a story today, and it's all about how Instagram is really throttling people's accounts. And a lot of people put a lot of work into their accounts. I think they're all just a bunch of assholes. I don't care that Elon Musk owns Twitter. It's still a fucking shithole. Uh, you're going to go over to True Social. All you're going to hear is all the pro-Trump stuff, which is fine if you if you're if you're a fan of Trump. So... Uh, I'll go on there and I get bored in about 10 minutes. Gab, same thing. We need to find a new place to go. Now, I've been, now I did start a Substack account. Going to look into that. I'm hearing good things about Substack. So, Fuck is Substack. I'll, yeah, you'll have to go check it out, Buckley. <laughs> uh, Never heard of it. Yeah, no, I got into it uh, through James Raguski when the, the guy that comes in talks about the WHO. He turned me on to it. Oh, I gotcha. So anyways, uh, not really sure what I'm doing yet. I did set up an account there. Uh, we got a couple of other venues we're looking into to kind of get the show out. I will say, since we got on Amazon Music, Audible.com, and iHeartRadio, the numbers have been going up a little bit more, so that's cool. We're on all of those places? Yes, we are. And, wow. and so I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you all for sharing. If you don't listen to all the shows or whatever, I would appreciate it if you go on whichever app that you're listening to the Wicked Planet on, just hit the follow button. And leave us a really good review. And leave us a review. Like, mainly, I think the only place you can really leave a review is on Apple Podcasts. Say terrible things about Ron and really great things well, about me. Well, they do that. Don't forget me. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and be uh, be waiting, because uh, you, you're going to hear more from Kristen. We had a little discussion about her I'm going to come back every week, so prepare, bitches. I hope wow. that you do that. <laughs> Oh my God! I like the female element on the panel, so so that's nah, really cool. Isn't, isn't that it? what we have Sean for? Oh, boom! He bailed. Well, it's coming up on in Sean's defense. It's coming up kidding. on Sean's busy time of year. So if he can make it, he can make it. If he can't, he can't. I get it. But anyways, uh, might be able to get Sean on some off days to do some bonus episodes. Now, if you notice, I've been putting out a couple of bonus episodes here and there. Uh, a couple of those I was sitting on for a while, and over the holiday weekend, I wanted to put them out. I hope you enjoyed them. One was with Nate, a conspiracy Catholic. Be waiting for more from, from him. And also our friend Ben from the End of the World News. Interesting conversation. If you haven't listened to those episodes, please go back and listen to them. They're really cool. And, uh, and be uh, looking for more content from the Wicked Planet. So, anyways, uh, if you have any complaints, anything you want to share with us, you can email us at the Wicked Planet Podcast at gmail.com. That's going to be changing, but that's what it's going to be for the next week or two. 
I'm tired of, I get all these emails from people and then they get lost from all the trash email that G, that Gmail lets through. So we're setting up another email account and we will, you know, we'll fill everybody in on that when that time comes. But anyways, uh, join the Wicked Planet podcast chat on Telegram. There's a lot going on in there. Have you been Are on you there? In there? When I do remember to check a Telegram, I'm not even there's like there. a thousand, oh, th- yeah. you know, a thousand things that I missed and I'm like, well, yeah, it's, I'm not, I'm not in there. It gets it gets bumping pretty I, good sometimes. I think I'm actually going to get rid of Facebook. Hell yeah! I don't use Facebook and I do nothing. I don't I don't do anything with it. I the only thing I do on Facebook he is I share the lo- lost animals. Share, share, I, you know I'm a big animal lover. So what I started to do on my Ron from New England pages and my mm-hmm. reels once in a while. I think it's a little too much animals. I like to post a little bit Just of the. The uh, shelter animals, just a little bit, a lot of bit. It's like okay, so they need a home. Okay, my dogs and my cats. Every single one of them is a rescue. Mine's a purebred, and I think that we bought from a breeder. My dogs, I have no shame in that. My dogs are purebreds, also. Well, you should have also gone to rescue. No, rescues come with baggage. We all know that. I had a black lab given to me that was a purebred, one of the best dogs I ever had, buddy. Yeah, you yeah. remember, buddy? He's yeah, he used dude. to come to the garage every day. Uh, I miss him, and uh, and him and Opie, my Opie, were very close. But anyways, I look at it like this. If you don't like what I post in my stories, that's fine. You don't have to look at my stories. But if I rescue or help one dog a month or even a year. Helps him sleep at night. Get rescued or get adopted, that's awesome to me. All right. Okay, all right, guys, we're out of here. We're out. Bye. Kristen, thanks for coming in. We'll see you real soon. Ron from New England, signing off. Bye. <laughs> That's, That's how I get off games. Bye. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Buckley out. <laughs>